Hello, everybody, and welcome to the season four finale of The Chat. We have so much to discuss tonight, so many hot topics from talk shows to our soap operas. I mean, everything is going down right now these past few days. But before we get into our normal hot topics, we are so excited. In fact, I'm not even sure that's the right word. We are just beyond thrilled to have a special guest with us tonight. And that special guest is the legendary director and the son of an equally legendary actress who we all miss. It's the Scott McKenzie. Scott, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on, Casey. <laughs> of course, it's our pleasure. Um, before we hop in with our questions for you, let's just go around the panel and introduce our co-host. Tiggs, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Casey. I hope you're doing well, Scott. Yes, sir. Thank you. Good to see you. Good to see you. And then, Rodrigo, what about you? How are you doing today? I am doing well, and welcome, Scott. I've always, I've been a big fan of yours for years, so I'm very excited oh, thank to you. talk to you. Thank you. And then, Alan, how about you? How are you on this day? I'm adequate. <laughs> oh, here I am. <laughs> and then, Mr. Chaz, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. It stopped raining finally, so I'm doing great. <laughs> Woohoo, we love that. <laughs> yes. So let's just hop into things. I mean, we, um, Scott, we want to discuss as much as we can with you. <laughs> um, so I'm going to turn things over to Tiggs. Tiggs, I know you have a question for Scott. What do you got? Um, I always want to know, and I always want to ask a director this, like, has being a director kind of affected your view of real life situations? Like, have you been at the grocery store and you saw an altercation or you've been to a wedding or something like that, a friend or a friend, you were just like, this could be a little bit more selfie or this could be set up a little bit more. When's somebody going to interfere with this wedding and stop it in its tracks <laughs> and, and lob, lob a bomb down the alley? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, the funniest thing that happens is that sometimes like the dramas feel behind the scenes like they're as great, you know, uh, or, or as the show is, you know what I mean? As big as the show, but uh, obviously nothing can match, you know, what goes on, on, on a soap day to day. And, and I think that's part of why we all love them is that, you know, the heightened reality, the, the, the extreme ups, ups and downs, you know, not only take us on a, a little trip away from our reality, but it, it just reassures us that like, you know, if we're having a, a, a tough day, it's like it's not as tough as, you know, as Ben's having. Uh, and, and, um, and, and, yeah, and the ups are really uplifting. I mean, these are the, the great thing about soaps, right, is that they, they are never ending movies. And, um, and so, I mean, I remember taping a scene once with, with Luke and Laura who just run into each other, um, you know, outside of Kelly's. And one of them hadn't been on the canvas for several months, probably Tony away on a, on a long break. And it's as though 25 years arrived in that moment. It's as if you'd been watching a movie into the, you know, 50th act and, and, and you were at the back end of this thing. And, and, and the richness of, the, of those pairs of eyes catching each other was just insane. Um, you know, so full and nothing like anything else, theater, movie, you know, because of how much you're connected 
to those characters and those people playing them, uh, most importantly. Um, but as far as reality, you know, stepping in and, and my, my POV changing, I don't know. I mean, I get, I certainly get a laugh out of anything that's, that's broad, you know, like that's, that's uber dramatic, that's, that's so operatic, um, but it's rare, you know, it's usually, I'll be, I'll be coming into town, like coming back to New York or something and for the first time in years, and I'll just see something bizarre, like a guy on a street corner in roller blades at, at, with no shirt on at night in the winter. And I'm like, am I on set somewhere? Like, what is, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, for the most part, I think they're still pretty distinct. And that's probably a good thing. <laughs> I don't know if that um, answers the question. I mean, if you, if no, there's no, a follow-up. Yeah, 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 you don't expect anything extreme really to happen in real life. But, you know, I would think being a director would kind of, have you view certain things kind of almost like, like, like a, like a designer, in sort of a way. You know what I'm saying? Like especially when it comes to an event or something like that, and you may happen to see an altercation at an event. You're just like, oh, well, yeah. if you would have punched him and he would have went this way. That would have been better. <laughs> than but you're like, like, oh, it's like, Friday all okay, of a sudden. Guys, you're so not at the studio. Okay. The <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um, I, I have seen a couple of altercations that you know, for that brief second, you think. Oh, is that just a, you know, is that a, is that a fake punch? Is that a, is that a, is that a rubber knife in his hand? And very quickly, you know, it's like, no, that's not, that's a real, that's a real problem. And then, and then, and why is my wife going over to try and interfere with that problem? Get back here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she's uh she's the opposite of, you know, of the deer in the headlights. She's the, the, you know, she, she gets into the fray of something as, as her instinct, which is, like one in a hundred people could do that. <laughs> I've seen her stop a couple of altercations pretty successfully. Very nice. I love yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, as uh, a lot of people know, like GH is, if not my favorite soap um, from the past and the present. And one of the stars that got me going was, we call her the goddess on Twitter, and that's Vanessa Marcel. How was it? <laughs> directing Vanessa especially during the height of Sonny and Brenda Sonny Brenda Jacks right. that whole thing in the 90s like I know it was the hottest thing going back then and I just wanted to get a feel like how it was working with her and how she was able to um you know get through all that hype of you know all that all that mania back then yeah well I, I mean she is somebody that really learned her craft on the set you know she came in as a pretty much a novice and you know professionally and you know within a month she was you know thrown into you know the the, the jagger and you know jason world and and all of a sudden everybody she looked at you know, you thought was a new couple because she had that charisma, that that connection with people right away. Um, she also brought her own like sense of fashion to the show, which, you know, was coordinated with Bob Miller, the designer, but but I mean, she had a lot to do with it, you know, the way she looked, how she dressed. Um, and, um, you know, the whole introduction of the Sunny thing and the, the Jack's triangle, um, you know, really propelled the show into new directions 
of success instead of having to rely on, you know, the, the, the core families. Um, and, you know, this was sort of pre sunny dominance as far as daytime godfather is concerned you know this is he's got an apartment over in the wrong side of the tracks and and like this you know he's got a hot girlfriend you know um and she um she did what i i always recommend to anybody professionally she stayed as long as she could stay before the her career took off enough that she couldn't do both you know and wendy rich was letting her out to to make her movies and um, and go up for anything that she was going up for and give her the time away. Um, and she was juggling both really well until she just couldn't do it anymore. But I mean, she she loves General Hospital. She would always, you know, be welcome back. And, she, and, and she's always, you know, been a big deal when she comes back, you know, for, for the show and for the storylines. Um, and then you, you, get, you get some residual stuff like her and Steve Burton, like being funny together. You know the fake what the fake wedding in Vegas and everything where, where the, if looks could kill that you know they were just they were just so cute together, um, but um, um, she, you know she was always you know invested in the work in the sense that she wasn't lazy she 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 wasn't you know needing to be given direction overly other than like you know maybe pick this path more than you're picking it you know she really she really established a character that she knew, like you weren't going to recast Brenda and, no. and she, um, she lived that, that character, you know? And so if she wanted to be sassy in a moment and it's, it's written as, as just sort of like a normal retort, she'd sass it up. And that's just, that's just great. You know, that's, that's when a, a, an actor really owns the part and, and, and she did or does. Well, know? my favorite moment, uh, was that wire scene between her and Maurice? Yes. Forever, forever <laughs> yeah. be cemented with her going on the ground crying and screaming for him. And yeah. I just, I said, that is an actress. She is acting right now, and she yeah, just yeah. sold it all. And that's yeah. how I knew, like she, she was a so she was a soap opera, a star. That was a star yeah. right there. Yeah. So do you do you remember way back the they did a fantasy couple of scenes? Well, they did several fantasy scenes, but they did a pair where. And, and it was two different versions of who she imagined Sonny could be. Yes. And, yes. And, and one was this nerdy guy who like wasn't sexy at all and and right. and had his hair like all slicked down, you know, with a <laughs> part, you know, a part and everything. And then the the other one was like this, you know, mob guy with a fedora. Right. I remember I remember I, I shot it and I and Maurice, you know, doesn't smoke or anything. And I don't know how he even got away with that as a prop in those days, but we did. And he came in. Uh, you know, she's in bed, you know, asleep, and, and she hears thundering footsteps coming up the stairs, and she pops up in bed, bed in her little negligee, you know, <laughs> and, 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 he, and he kicks open the door, and he's smoking a cigarette, and he, and he flicks it across the room in her direction, you know, and, 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 and we, we whip panned over, and we cut to her, and she had the cigarette in her mouth like she'd caught it, and it was hilarious, mm. and from that point on, he was just like the, you know, in that fantasy, he was the macho, you know, aggressive, strong man, and, and, and then it was like, it was clear that even though Sonny was neither of those things, that like, you know, that, that she was going to be okay with the mob, you know, like she was all right getting in bed yeah. with the mob. Like and, that vampire, uh, that vampire uh, right, fantasy right. too, yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of that was, uh, a lot of that was Wendy and Shelly Curtis. Shelly Curtis had come from Days of Our Lives and she had done a lot of uh, producing of, of high romance. 
And mm-hmm. so, you know, she was big into, you know, fantasy scenes, montages, sixth act music onlys, you know, stuff like that. And, and, uh, and she would really, you know, design beautifully romantic sweeping, you know, s- sequences. And, um, and so hats off to her. Cause I mean, she, she understood, she, she brought Maurice over from when she had seen him on, what was he last on? He was on, on children or something briefly. Oh, my children. Children. Yeah. 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 Nico. yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, once the Jack's triangle happened, that was awesome. I remember one time uh, <laughs> burning a building, Sonny and Jack's. So they were mm-hmm. both like dying in this building. And Brenda came running, you know, to the site and the smoke and the fire and the firemen had kind of given up on the whole thing. And, and like, which one was she going to run to, right? We didn't know which one she was going to run to. And I remember that <laughs> I built a ramp from the entrance of the building to the middle of the stage for Maurice. So that when he ended, he was like a, about five inches taller than he normally is, so that he could be not completely <laughs> overshadowed by Jax, because Ingo, Ingo's like six three, six four, you know, and uh, and at least it was sort of like this relationship. <laughs> oh, no. for saying that. Um, uh, but I mean, you know, and I don't even remember whose arm she ran into. Oh, I know, Scott. She, she ran into Jax. I was so mad at yep. that. I was, I was so, <laughs> so sorry, Brenda. I was yeah. not amused. I was like, no, Brenda, you run into the wrong man. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I remember like, like it was yesterday. You just, oh, you just gave me, I just had a flashback. <laughs> oh, the good old days. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will dig up that clip for us and tag our showing it on Twitter. <laughs> All righty. So, Alan, what about you? What's your question for Scott? Well, obviously, COVID has a big impact on entertainment in general, but it, specifically on soaps. How has the COVID pro- protocols affected how you direct on soap? Uh, I think we've sort of set the model for, established the model for how the industry um, then, you know, uh, uh, address the protocols that, that they had sort of worked on and agreed on before we went to work. Yeah. Um, cause we were the, we were the first to do it. Um, bold and beautiful went first. And when they were sh- like, somebody went behind the scenes, like entertainment tonight before any other shows went back. And, and when I saw how they were doing it, I thought, Oh my God, are we really going to, you know, put mannequins across from people and sh- shoot it single camera and multiple <laughs> takes and are we going to lock off the frame and one person will walk in and you know pour a coffee here and then the other person will walk in and 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 we believe they're talking to each other but they're not really in the same space and and but on paper it it, it was as though that's what we really had to do but then when, when we further examined you know in that first six weeks or whatever while bnb was still working and yr was like about to come by online and and then days and gh were next um you know, the protocol people um, were learning more and they understood that if we actually kept certain people from the crew in, in certain parts of the building and not others and the cast isolated from us, then they could actually appear in, in a, a set that had been disinfected with the masks off and have a closer relationship with each other. And of course, this was all pre vaccine and everything you know but we were testing every day nobody was on set without knowing what the result of their test was and 
we we got a lab at days of our lives like in the building so what normally would take you know 10 hours to find out by sending a a, a sample out you know we could find out in two hours and the and the actors were um uh you know pretty much uh, resigned to staying in their dressing rooms for those two hours and they could they could do their own hair and makeup and they could get on the phone with somebody else and run lines but they couldn't run those lines with that person in the room together um until until the test came back and and we only had one or two little hiccups you know where where a couple of people got ill and, and I, okay so that person's going home and you know staying away for two weeks and the two people that were immediately in that same vicinity we got to make sure we test them every day and keep them out of work for three, four days until we learn more about them. And we were, I guess, you know, fortunate, but also um, in a, a designed way, you know, in, in a very thoughtful way were we fortunate. Um, everything that we did um, was safety first and, and, uh, and we never, you know, as you know, days never had to put on a rerun. We were so far ahead that, um, we'd never missed a day in Salem um, in production. <laughs> so that was pretty amazing. Yes. Um, now, Scott, real quick, because I'm just curious, this question came to mind uh, to me with Alan's question. Um, it's been kind of a battle of the soap fans on social media, whether these shows should have worked in COVID or not into storytelling. Um, what's your thought on that? As a director, would you have liked to have seen that on a soap like it is on Grey's Anatomy or are you happy that the writers left things out? Um, I, I, I was, um, um, you know, I could have gone either way with it when I first learned what they were deciding to do. And then I, I, I began to really um, appreciate the choice they made because, again, this is an escape. This is a fantasy. Mm -hmm. This is this is our our chance to not be locked up in our own places and and scared to go to the market and 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 can't see our friends and family. Um, and, and I had thought like maybe they would be uh, more representative in like the hospital sets, like maybe the staff and the doctors would run around in masks as just an example of what long term behavior may become, you know, in America and the world. Um, and that wouldn't have been abnormal, but, but then, but then still not to necessarily introduce, you know, COVID just like demonstrate, you know, uh, health safety, you know, month to month, everything was changing informationally and God forbid you were doing something on air that all of a sudden, you know, the public didn't have to do, um, when they saw the air show, it's, it's like, you know, we're dating ourselves just by virtue of the, of the way we're demonstrating protocols, you know? Definitely. Um, so Scott, let's take you back. I mean, let's look over this whole career of yours. Um, is there <laughs> something that a soap opera has had you direct that stuck out to you? Something elaborate, something like, you were like, okay, hold on here. Can we do this? And then you pull it off. Right, right. Um, I certainly had a lot of fun with all of the general hospital shootouts. I invariably got assigned all of those during, you know, the, the Wendy uh, years and Bob Guza years. Um, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and some of those were just so much fun to work out, you know, and, and so much 
good pressure, you know, good stress. Um, Cause you, you spend a lot of time um, setting everything up with, with, uh, with the special effects department and choreographing all the action to the pyrotechnics and everything. Um, and, and, and in many instances, you know, you're trying to get something in a, in a one take master, you know, you can shoot these things in pieces. Uh, and, but I invariably tried to get them in one, um, especially if there were tons of cues going on. Um, I just didn't think it was easy to keep selling the action if uh, we broke it up into too many pieces. And, and it also didn't feel as real to me if it was just cut to this guy shooting, cut to that guy shooting, you know, and then you know, it's, somebody walks over to a guy shot on the floor and it's over, you know. Um, so like when Luke's club got, uh, got uh, a mob hit came after Luke's club and, and Nicholas got shot in the throat. Um, that was, that was awesome. Um, when, uh, when Sonny and Jason were in an abandoned church and Faith Roscoe had Sonny's kids and Sonny was pinned down in the church by Faith and her, her goons and, and Jason came in and I had Sonny throw him his gun, and now Jason's like got two pistols. Oh my, fired. yeah, that was badass. Iconic. That was badass. Yeah. And in the background of Jason, like like you know, the, a, a statue of Mary like explodes behind him. Yes, <laughs> it was crazy. Um, and and when we were putting it together, um, uh, you know, Jill Phelps at the time was was concerned. That we had like you know gone over the over the line like we were, were you know you know with Steve shooting, you know two fisted, she said you know it, is this going to be considered like you know comic or or you know too much, and I said I I promise you right here right now that shot will be repeated in promos as long as the show is on the air <laughs> throughout time, yes. and and I and I've seen it I've seen it tons of times tons of times, and it was. That was a fun shoot, you know, and we, and we presented a lot of that in slow-mo. It's always great when you, when, when you can shoot something, you know, believably enough that you can actually do it in slow-mo um, because that's where you can also catch any of the errors and, um, you know, stuff that's less believable if, it, if it's going by more, more slowly. Uh, but that had like, a, you know, an operatic uh, music over it and it was awesome. I, I love that one. Um, and then there was one where um, there was a mob hit on Sonny outside of the police station on um, Christmas Eve and Xander and Emily and Alexis were mm -hmm. celebrating mm -hmm. um, yes you know Sonny getting out of out of uh, jail and um, and that was that was a blast because we set up so many hits in there on all of the scenery we were blowing up lights and newspaper boxes he got shot up yeah, so right? many times. He got shot up so many times. Uh, Y'all killing him off. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember the time that Maurice was shot and, and he'd been shot so many times. He said, I'm not just coming back in episodes and, you know, be dancing at my daughter's wedding or something. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm going to like stretch this one out. I'm not going to be well for like two, three months. I'm just going to do, you know, I'm going to do that myself physically. And, then, and of course, the writers are like, you're going to what? You know, you're not going to be like Superman in a week again? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to be like limping around. And he did, you know, and that was, you know, good for him. Um, the, the last one I'll talk about, I guess, is, is another GH where um, we burned down um, Mary May's, Mary May Ward's 
apartment on on a street what was that street called was that i don't know fifth street or something and um the entire stage was the was was the, the brownstones in a, a u-shape of her neighborhood and we had i came on this the stage in the morning and we had a real fire truck a real ambulance oh, wow. a real a, two oh. real police two real police cars and the hoses are all laid out and everything's ready to you know get get put on fire all over the stage and i said this is like you know a grown up version of, of a kid in a toy store this isn't this is insane this is so cool and uh and we we had a blast that day that that's one of those days where you go until four in the morning and you still didn't finish the day and uh, you know you got done what you had to so you could send home all of the expensive equipment but you know we still had to pick up some scenes um in there and uh <laughs> That's, that was, isn't that when that's when Damien Smith was killed off on that that episode, right? Yes, that, yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. exactly. Yep, and uh, great call. And uh, <laughs> everybody was uh, everybody everybody was a suspect, and they all had to come in. And yes. uh, here's a little behind the scenes. Here's a behind the scenes. Lee, you know, playing that character, he he cricked his neck on the first person that swung at him, and and he was like it was hurting him and it was stiff, and he had to get like eight more people to swing at him before we before we could stop doing that bit and and bless his heart you know he got in there and sold each one but you know after each swing you you know you never heard it on the air but he was like ah you know? oh my god <laughs> he was really not in good shape um and uh i haven't i haven't been in touch with lee in a long time but he's a, he's a wonderful artist and and, a, and a, an actual painter and sketch artist and a lovely guy really great guy yes um, so Scott, before we let you go here, there's two more things we would like to talk about. And sure. of course, I mean, we have to talk about the icon and the legend that your mother was. <laughs> um, you know, five soap operas, two highly iconic roles uh, with Iris Carrington on Another World and Alexandra Spalding on Guiding Light and five mm -hmm. Emmy nominations. So your mom, of course, like I said, absolute legend to this genre, to this day, still talked about, still missed, still remembered. But if there had to be like a nugget of professional advice that she left for you, um, what was it, if anything, that sticks out? Um, my mom gave me so much support and love in my life, you know, and um, made my life so rich. Um, and I, I don't know, I'd be hard pressed to, to think of like a kernel of professional advice that, that she gave me that I, I keep with me at all times. I prefer to think of, you know, her humor and, and the, the funny things that would, that she'd say, you know, she'd come into a dry rehearsal hall in, in, the, in six o'clock in the morning, you know, in, in New York at, in January and say, you know, it, it, it's cold enough in here. You could hang me. And, 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 you know, and, 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 and that was like the, you know, the, one of the more polite ones that I can recount, you know, I mean, she, she was, she had some saucy things to say. And when that's coming out of that little, you know, Alexandra Spalding figure over there, you know, with the blonde hair, it's just funny, you know, for her to be, um, you know, just an entertaining, humorous, fun person. Um, and, I was so lucky to, you know, to call her my best friend. And anytime um, we, I worked, um, I directed on Guiding Light, you know, we'd have dinner 
and reconnect, you know, because we were we had been on separate coasts for a little while. I, I was working in in Los Angeles um, before I ever directed, and and then, you know, um, her husband, my stepfather, passed away, and and it was yeah. it was it was really hard for her, and I I decided I was going to try and um, work back east, so I could be closer to her. I never even got a chance to watch my mom's work very much in my life because it was, you know, it was pre-VCR and, and, and DVR and, and anything we have today. And I was in school when, when her shows were on the air, you know? And yeah. so I, I knew she was, you know, popular. I knew she was becoming famous. I, you know, we'd be going to a, a play in New York city and, and, uh, you know, someone would yell from across the street, you know, you leave Rachel alone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I, I was like, is like, what, what? and then other people would turn and go, Iris, oh my gosh, Iris, you know? And, uh, and of course that happens at the theater, you know, but I just never saw it happen with my mom before. I mean, that was like wild. You know, you, I've, I've seen like, you know, Oprah in the theater and the whole place is buzzing and, and then finally like yes. Oprah acknowledges everybody and everybody applauds, you know? But I didn't. I'd never seen anything approximating that, you know, with someone like my mom. Um, but, you know, I, I have, am so lucky to have had the career I've had, and and you know, the longevity of the career, um, and it's all due to her. Um, you know, not only w did I just, you know, by osmosis, gain all of that education uh, about this medium and theater and film and TV. Uh, from her and 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 my stepfather Berkeley, um, you know, I I was getting a, a full-on master's education without knowing it. You know, sit down, watch this movie. It, you know, it's called Gone with the Wind. You're you're not going to believe this ride. You know, <laughs> you know s s stand back. And um, you know, when you're 13 years old and they're educating you, uh, she used to just throw me in a cab and send me down to a, see a play like on a Sunday afternoon matinee because she, oh she knew the guy at the box office and he'd call and say, you know, we don't have a full house. And if he wants to come down and see Man of La Mancha, you know, send him and <laughs> and, and and away I'd go, you know. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, I miss her terribly. And uh, Beverly's other kind of iconic character, Myrna Slaughter on General Hospital, that yes. brief cameo she did. <laughs> That one in December episode. of '94. <laughs> First of all, that, that was the um, best name I've ever seen for a character. I, I loved it. That was I, yeah, that was that was funny. I mean, uh, uh, John Engel was like, you know, taken with her and spent with her. Never heard of her. Never knew anything about her career. Most of the people in General Hospital, other than like Leslie Charlson, who'd worked with her on on Love's Many Splendor Thing, they had no idea who she was. And as a matter of fact, she had like a three-page monologue in court as Myrna. And and Stewie Damon is in the back of the courtroom, and and the take finishes, and there's you know cut, and there's this silence, you know, and then Stewie cut through it, and he said, "You've done this before," <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, like no one even knew who this was, you know, and um, uh, yeah, she she did she did her five days as Myrna. I got to yeah. I got to work with her again um, on one of those days too. That was great. I remember um, over quarantine, I decided to catch up on my soap reading and I read um, Eight Years in Another World. And um, when I got to the part about your mom, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, he had like 50 pages on her and it was just so great to, you know, 
see that history and see how much she really changed the course of that show for him as a writer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he he insisted on putting her in the role of Iris based on a character she played for like three days or five yes. days or something <laughs> on another world that was a completely diff different entity. You know, it was like uh, like a, a, a poor woman with no makeup on and, and scraggly hair. And I think, you know, and then he just saw, you know, the acting chops that she had and said, this is this is going to be my Iris. And and um, and that was, you know, that was a battle, I think, that he had to wage with the network and and with with Paul, you know, Paul Broush understood her. He could tell he, that he was right, that, that Pete Harding LeMay was right about, you know, seeing her talent. But he was like, really? I mean, this is a night and day characters that you're going with here. She can play this this spitfire, you know, that's jealous of her father and everything. And he <laughs> said, he said, yeah, trust me, trust me. And then he proceeded to kill it. You know, he just he wrote such great material and he wrote it all. He wrote it all. I mean, yes. there are not many, not many people like that um, that that wrote the five days a week. You know, Bill Bell, and then uh, and then uh, as the world turns, um, uh, famous writer. Why is it escaping me at the moment? Uh, he wrote every episode oh, for years. Doug Marlin. Doug Marlin. Thank you. Yeah. Doug Marlin. Yeah. The, really, the master of it. You know, quite frankly, Doug. Uh, um, and I don't. I just don't know how people do that. I don't know how they can do that. I, I have no idea. Just these characters just live in their heads and they just sit at a typewriter and go. You know? Yes. <laughs> it was so funny. You know, um, a few days ago, I had posted on Twitter that it had been 55 years since Bill Bell's first script at Days of Our Lives aired. And Susan Flannery once said in an interview that he wrote the first two years worth of episodes by himself. So right. 520 episodes he yeah. did by himself. Completely. Yeah. And, and, and Pete LeMay was writing 90 minute long episodes yes. <laughs> every day. And, Which and my, would have killed a writer. <laughs> my, mom, my mom said, sometimes you'd get through like the 24th page of one of those scripts and you had just gotten out of the first act, you know? And we had, they had another, you know, four acts to go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> on something that was recorded in those days, in those days, live on tape. They would, they would do those, those shows oh live on gosh. tape. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy, insane. It's it's insane. Yes. You know, it's it's gotten faster and more furious. Uh, you know, now more than ever as we shoot six, seven, and eight episodes in a week on our shows. Um, but I I'm not sure I could have managed 90 minutes live on tape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in comparison, yeah, yeah. So. Of course, Scott, um, finally, we must talk about those uh, that we've sadly lost. It's been a rough time for soap fans lately. Um, we, the industry lost Ray McDonald, who played Joe Martin on All My Children, Felice Sampler, who played the iconic Ray, uh, Rene Dumond on Days of Our Lives, among some other soap roles and even some roles in uh, manga adaptations to anime. Uh, but of course, somebody that stuck out equally with them was Stuart Damon, who portrayed Alan Quartermain for three decades on General Hospital. So before you go, we would love to hear about um, your memories with Stuart and what his passing has meant to you. Yeah, I, I, that, was a, that was a tough one for me because um, 
you know, I hadn't, I hadn't been in touch with Stewie and you'd see, you know, a photo now and then come up where, you know, several people from, from the original cast would get together with him and have lunch. And, and, and I was always so glad to see that photo, you know, of, of like Ken and, and Jackie and Leslie and Wally, you know, all having a meal together. And, and it just, it made me feel so great that, that Stewie was feeling the love from, you know, his, his friends and, and you know, compatriots. Um, but he, he was, he was really special and he made everybody, I mean, when you see like Amber Tamlin's, you know, message about him and you see people talk about how he really took care of us. He did. And, 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 you know, he was, he was one of the conductors uh, of the Quartermain brood. Um, he was just a big old sweetheart, you know, hugged everybody and just, you know, you, you disappear in his arms. And, um, and he was just funny as heck. I mean, he was so funny. Um, and I remember my first day there, um, we were behind immediately by half an hour because we had to put all of our, like, you know, weighty pedestal cameras up on three, four foot platforms using forklifts in order to shoot a set that was raised. And I was getting, you know, pretty stressed out. And I finally got up there to start rehearsing, you know, with, with Stuart and bless his heart, John Riley, who just passed away. And, and, you know, he could, he, he could see the stress and he said, you take all the time you need, Scott, we're here for you. And, and I just, it just took all of the stress off of my shoulders, all the weight. And, you know, the rest of the day went well. And it was the beginning of my love affair with that cast and crew, you know, for 27 years. I mean, he had everything to do with that. Um, I think he's the one that also named the family, the quarter brains. So, you know, it, it was that kind of thing that, that when, you know, you, if there was a moment where you needed to, you know, get some levity back into a serious situation, you know, he'd pull out something like that. He's like, not to worry, the quarter brains can handle it, you know? And um, he was just, he could do anything, you know, he could do comedy. Um, I remember I had scenes with him out on a, like a, a, a stoop, like an apartment building stoop fire escape. Um, and he's having like an affair with like Rhonda or somebody. And uh, she came, we saw them have to get out the window and he sat, in the in on the steps you know with the handrails going up of the fire escape and she handed him a little tray of food with a glass of wine and everything and it just barely kind of slid in between the rails of the fire escape and just his physical the way he played it he understood that he was going to get all kinds of comedy out of this in a drama which is hard you know you, you got to be really careful with that and um he was he was a genius and he was beautiful people and i miss him i miss him terribly um but he was, he was a huge, huge, huge part of my life at General Hospital and everyone's life at General Hospital. Most certainly. Well, Scott, we cannot thank you enough for stopping by our show today. <laughs> of course, come back anytime. It's been such a pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you, Casey. I appreciate it. It's wonderful to meet all of you guys. And um, let's do it again sometime. All righty. Once again, our thanks to Scott McKenzie. And of course, you know, stick with us, uh, daytime TV fans, because whew, we have a ton of stuff to get to. 
uh, today. And the first thing I want to hit on, you know, of course, Scott spent a large portion of his time at ABC's General Hospital. And another ABC soap opera that is no longer with us, All My Children, is still trying very hard to make a comeback. Uh, Leo Richardson, who is working on the reboot of the series for primetime entitled Pine Valley with Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos, is telling all my children fans to remain hopeful as they tried to bring the show to air on ABC with ABC Signature producing. So, Rodrigo, let's go to you. Are you still trying to hold out for this reboot? Uh to be, I almost, I had almost forgot about the reboot because nothing was announced about it. Um, I thought it was going to be a fall pickup, but I don't even think they've have they even shot an episode or even shot the pilot. We don't even know who's on the cast. Not yet. No, they've um, written. Um, he's written the pilot and he turned it into the network. Um, but there was no mention of the show at ABC upfront. So I know he wants us to make noise, but I'm just like, oh, okay, what noise am I supposed to make? Um, <laughs> for, <laughs> if I don't know, if I don't know, if I don't know what's like, I it, it feels like they, they announced it as a big to-do. Everyone was all excited. Um, like I know, I understand that a lot of pilots, you know, they get announced, they don't get made really sometimes and they do get made, you know, the chances are they won't get picked up. Um, but I would, for me, honestly, I would sell this to a streaming platform. I won't even want to sell it to a network. I don't think the network will give it, do it justice. No, no. I think, I think you can do more and get more bang for your buck on a streaming platform, um, where you're allowed to maybe, you know, be a little bit more edgier, um, and whatnot. So, if I want to make noise, I would make noise for more streaming and not network. Um, and maybe that could be the start of something big, you know, for I other would shows love to come to back. See this. Yeah. Um, I would love to see it on Hulu, honestly, um, because you know, hey, a lot Disney of Disney owns two oh, Disney owns two streaming platforms. Disney Plus is Hulu, so they own both platforms. So they can put them on either one. Yeah. Right. And I would love to see it on Hulu. You know, give it a. 10 or 13 episode, you know, per season order and see how streaming numbers are. Um, because, you know, when those shows were on Hulu with Prospect Park, you know, they were consistently in the top three, um, especially All My Children took off as its season went on through Prospect Park on Hulu. So I don't know. Yeah, Rodrigo, I'm with you. Maybe it's time to make noise for streaming and not necessarily network. Um, so Alan, let's go to you. Um, are you agreeing with Rodrigo here? Are you thinking that streaming is the right way to go if this is to continue? I think streaming would probably be best because I don't know if, it's, if it would do that well on broadcast because it's been 10 years. If you if you want to get really dedicated fans, you put it on streaming because it's a more niche market. You get really dedicated fans who will pay that money because you you know all my children will pay that $5.99 to get Hulu. Oh, Yes. They will shell out for it. So, especially, yeah, go for Hulu. Fans. Yeah. And, you know, you could do a lot of fun things. You know, you could do like uh, General Hospital did, um, like I believe, what was that, two years ago, where they did those collections on abc.com, like 
the yeah. Sonny's Stromboli collection or whatever. You know, you could yeah, like do the that. collection. Yeah. You could do best of Brook English collection or whatever. Um, Tiggs, what about you? I know that you <laughs> had tweeted about this. So what are your thoughts podcast wise for Pine Valley? Yeah, like I said, well, goddamn us and Hoover been bitching for the last <laughs> What you want us to do? We done got two goddamn talk shows canceled for y'all. <laughs> I know, we can't so make that much do? more noise. No, we got three help. We got Shoe finally canceled. We got the Revolution canceled after 90 days. We got GMA one, two, three, and I know, and all the different the Chew was, you know, for Mario Batali to put his croc allegedly <laughs> on somewhere it didn't belong. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, we've been doing all we can. It's just these networks aren't, well, besides NBC, aren't seeing the value in these shows. There's a reason why they've got that two-year year renewal. There's a reason why it exclusively moved to Peacock because the whole goddamn streaming service is tanking. So they moved days over there to get people to be like, oh, let's watch the, you know, three crappy shows on Peacock after, you know, this latest episode of Days goes off for the day. Like, yeah, yeah just, put, just put it on Hulu. Because that's you know, Stay by the Bell and Punky Brewster ain't doing so hot. <laughs> and like, it's just one of those things where Prospect Park had a great idea. It was just too soon. Yeah. And, and, and y'all love stealing shit any damn way and rebooting shit any damn way. So do that. Peacock could do that. Like, I'm serious. Like, you know, bring back, reboot a soap. I, they are not that damn expensive anymore. Anytime where you have these beautiful web series that have a tenth of the budget these networks still have for these shows, even broke-ass days, you can't tell me. You cannot tell me for about $10 million a year. You can't have a streamlined, well-produced soap opera on streaming. You're full of shit. You're a damn lie. You just don't want to. And ABC is full of shit because I have seen, like, they um they didn't decide to go ahead with um a Viola Davis sitcom. And I'm like, oh, they're not going ahead with that. Oh, that breaks no. my heart. And, and, then pilot. and my whole thing is, this is Viola motherfucking Davis. She's always money in the bank. I was actually really looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, like, I, she, I don't know how she's you don't always go she's always money in the bank. She was money in the motherfucking bank for six seasons as Annalise Keaton. Don't play in her face. But you're gonna greenlight some bullshit when nature calls with Helen Mirren being the voice of meerkats and shit like that. Like, people to watch that bullshit. <laughs> That'll be canceled after five episodes. It's like, don't nobody know. Motherfuckers watched Wild Kingdom back in 1986 with one shit on TV. Like, they, they could have easily did this All My Children reboot during the summertime and just really gassed it up. Like, or, or that's something they could do for streaming, like, they could have brought back one of these sorts of a whole new soap, and they could have did it like a, a, a story arc, like how those little corny ass mom network TV shows used to be back in the day, where they do oh, like God. a three month show, and but it was sixty five <laughs> episodes. You don't have anything else to like air anyway, so it could start the Tuesday after Memorial Day and end the Friday before Labor Day. The whole damn summer, but like or you could do something like that. And put it on streaming. I don't understand. Like these people act like they don't know what to do. 
Just get it done. It's not going to kill you. Y'all done pissed away plenty of money on shows that suck. Why not go with an already established brand since Hollywood loves rebooting shit any damn way? Like, just do like, hell, Gossip Girl got a goddamn reboot. Pretty Little like, Liars is getting like, a reboot. Right. After, and that's and only then, been off the air five years and yeah. it's already had a failed and, spin and these are And these are little teeny bopper shows who are only getting about two million viewers a week on yeah. Netflix. But they didn't reboot it then. So you can't tell me you can't get Susan Lucia to do a goddamn press tour with Mickey Mouse and let all the <laughs> grandmothers and aunties that's still alive like, I'm back, bitches. I may be 80, but I'm still the shit. Like anything. Okay. You know, just do anything. Like they, like I said, and all these other little shows that are on Hulu and stuff like that, y'all, y'all green like that bullshit. The little weird And I'm not asking, shows. you know, soap fans aren't asking for this reboot to have the budget of The Crown on Netflix. We're just asking for a well-written show that speaks to today, but also carries with it its history. And like you said, Tiggs, it doesn't cost $200 million to produce a soap opera anymore. Not even the daytime ones. Because, you know, if we still went by the network lie that, oh, those shows are too expensive. Really? Why does The Young and the Restless look like garbage right now? If these they shows can. are too expensive to produce, uh, if there are 30 cast members and there are two standing sets. I like, mean, look at- you can't, you can't say that like, King Corday is over there with a $65 book of food stamps and he is trying his best. And they had a whole, and no, they, he, he had a, a book of wit checks over there days. And them motherfuckers had a whole goddamn COVID lab. Scott said it. They had a whole motherfucking lab in that bitch testing everybody, making sure they were okay to work every goddamn and look, day. And then Dr. Tom Horton rose from the dead and said, we gonna get this shit in order. <laughs> okay? Like, like, what the hell? They're just, they just don't want to, because even look at the primetime soaps. When's the last time we had a good primetime soap? Grey's is the only goddamn one. We had yeah. so many back in the day because they're just so scared. It's like, you can do it. Just do it well. I even liked, um, I loved the U.S. version of Mistresses a couple years ago. With, oh, um, yeah. Yes. yes. And, you know, that oh, was Mistresses. a very well-looking produced show. But, you know, looking back, they only had, like, what, four sets, and then the rest was shot outside in L.A.? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Because I think, yeah, because that's why Alyssa Milano left. They, it was free season. They had to go to Canada to shoot the rest yeah. of it, and she didn't want to leave her babies. But, yeah, like. But it's I okay. The show was fine without it anyway. She wasn't even my favorite character. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah I, I didn't mind it when she left. I love Alyssa Milano. But I, I didn't was mind more of a left. Karen fan with Eugene Kim. <laughs> that's okay. I, that's what I'm saying. Stick to streaming. I mean, primetime soap, that, the last one they tried to do, that Kim Cattrall primetime soap, didn't even last. Oh, uh, God. I mean, no, they know how to do primetime, but then. But then the marketing, like, they don't, it's on the yeah. wrong network. It's, I just don't think networks but give then, a shit about you know, Rodrigo, what's interesting to piggyback off of your point, you brought that up. So that show was pushed back like what, three times and had to air when Fox had nothing left in their closet. Yeah. Just, of, yeah. But they then, just stuck it in there because they had nothing else on TV. They the frenzy was there. still there though. Yeah. I mean, you know, people really supported that show on social media and now it's on Hulu to stream. And I've heard it's gotten decent streaming numbers. 
So, I mean, you know, even though the ratings weren't the best on Fox, like they never are anymore because nobody flocks to network TV um, like they did a few years ago um, or even 30 or whatever. But, you know, the primetime soap market is still there. But like you said, Rodrigo, all of a sudden they forget how to market it. I'm like, look yep. at what Desperate Housewives used to do. Anybody remember those juicy promos? Oh, God, Lord, yeah. I, I need to... They had the best promos every like August, every August before the season was started. They would have this big nice promo, and I needed a cigarette after every one of them motherfuckers, all eight seasons. That's what I'm talking about. That even when Empire, Empire was flawless that first season, and here comes Fox fucking with it, and with the with the stupid storylines and making Jamal sleep with Alicia Keys and all these guest stars and shit. Quit fucking with it. Demi Moore kidnapping Terrence Howard. Either, yeah, because oh. either that's what that's what these network execs either they don't they don't pay enough attention to it and give it a little bit of time to grow, or it, it is a hit and they want to start nitpicking at it and shit. Like vultures on a fucking piece of roadkill. I mean, you look at um, you know, why women kill um was great soapy fun its first season. In my opinion, the second season is even better. Alan, I know you're a fan of the show. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, and so that they're going for. And yeah, you know, the first season, Mark Cherry kind of did his tried and true plot lines. Um, But, you know, it's not rocket science to write a soap opera, a good one. And he still understands that, in my opinion. You know, I was a huge fan of Devious Maid. And, you know, now the second season of Why Women Kill, I'm like, oh, you know, this is what Mark Cherry is good at. We just need somebody else to get that as well and get their idea on streaming or even network and have it be marketed well. That's the, the key is marketing because that's where people come from. And so, you know, if this Pine Valley does get on streaming or does get an eight to 9 PM time slot on ABC somewhere, then it's gotta be marketed. It just can't be up to ABC saying, well, you know, Tiggs didn't tweet about the show this week, so we might as well cancel it. I mean, there's got to be commercials. There's got to be press tours, just like there would be for Grey's Anatomy yeah. for their night. Just be female season. driven, because that's why Women Can works, because you have Lana Perella, Allison Tolman, driving story. That's yes. what you want to see, them. Alan, I so agree. And, you know, you even look at their first season, you know, Lucy Liu, Alicia Coppola, Jennifer Goodwin. And that's what people focus on. You know, the show is not, you know, why men kill, it's why women kill. And that's why it's successful. And that's why Desperate Housewives was successful for eight seasons. And by the time Desperate Housewives went off the air, it still drew in 10 million people a week because it's still focused on the women. And so, yeah, it's got to be female driven. It, it has to be. Like, that's another thing with Madison Avenue. To hell with these straight men. Damn it. They have their sports shit. Gay men and women are the ones who make the big bucks, damn it, for these advertisers. Focus on them. We just want good storytelling and fine, shirtless ass naked men. <laughs> oh, and, and beautiful women so and a good true. night and a good and a good lingerie. But yes, <laughs> it's like no. Like it's it, it's not rocket science. But and then like I said, they like in the summertime, what they've done for what the last decade now. They want to greenlight all these stupid ass game shows. And, and and I know some older people, like my mother loved America's Got Talent. She watched that shit to the day she died. I didn't. I, ain't, I never gave a fuck about shit like that. I want to see something good, damn it. 
I'm tired of all this reality. I know it's cheaper to produce, but shit. But it's even, you know, it's really not anymore. You know, no, they're so lying not. to us because how is Katy Perry's alleged $13 million American Idol salary cheaper than to produce General Hospital? Like, Riddle they, me that. It, like, it's bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Like you said, Casey, they don't want, they don't want to take the time to market or anything like that. And people still love a good show. They love a good storyline. They love water cooler shocking moments. Like at the height of Scandal's popularity, Scandal was just a political soap opera. Every damn Thursday night, you had all type of people ready to whoop Shonda Rhimes' ass because she left you on a cliffhanger. Shonda wasn't even writing the show no goddamn more. <laughs> kick your motherfucking ass. It's eight fifty-seven. So it's like you know. I mean, same with Grey's. I mean. Grey's yeah. was Grey's Anatomy was honestly General Hospital's greatest hits, <laughs> just retold for prime time with Ellen Pompeo. I'm like Izzy, you weren't the first to drill in somebody's head. I'm like, don't where you, is Audrey uh, Hardy? Uh, don't, don't, don't you call Shonda Rhimes shows a soap? You know, she, you know what she gets about that. Oh, she hates. Oh, oh that. no, I <laughs> don't give a fuck. Her <laughs> let's I'm no like shit. Shonda so, Rhimes and James E. Riley trying to say like, having sex with the There's a reason ghosts. why. Like, there's a reason why people like that damn Bridgerton. Yeah, it's a different story each season based on a different book, but it's a limited run if you want to say it. Soap opera, motherfucker. It's romance and betrayal and adventure. Bitch, it's a soap opera. You look at that oh, Virgin oh. River. Lord, that Virgin River heats up Netflix every time it comes on. I'm like, that's a soap. It's like a lot of these dramas, well, we know this already. They cut their teeth on soap operas and what yeah. soaps have done for 90 years. And they do it for six years. Like, like even a show like, like Power on, on Stars, like, that's a soap opera. It's just about drug dealers and shit. It's a goddamn soap opera, though. The Shy mm-hmm. on Showtime. It's a goddamn soap say, opera. The Shy is a soap. Uh, it's a soap opera. Yeah. yeah. Like, people just think it, it cheapens it or makes it tacky to call it. Well, tell that to but yet, you know, Mark Cherry famously <laughs> says that in 2004, he couldn't sell Desperate Housewives until he called it a soap opera. And that was just in 2004. You know, he wanted to call it all these things. He wanted to say it's a comedy. He wanted to say it's a satire. He wanted to say it's a female empowering drama. And it was all of those things. But the network wanted their next, you know, generation primetime soap. And so... Like he says in his Emmy speech, call it a soap, it will get picked up. And it did. And so, you know, maybe, you know, Tiggs, like you brought up, they reboot everything and everything more. So maybe it's time to reboot the concept of what it means to be a soap opera, because it's not a dirty word. No, you know, it's really not. It's just a way of having a genre that carries a little more weight with it than just saying this is a drama. To me, yeah, the word drama is, is a soap opera, just a tit to dragons. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it just, it, it seems like the only type of prime time soapy things they want to do is a, is a Gossip Girl reboot or that, that Generation X or whatever on HBO Max. And, and, I, and I know that's fine for the babies, but I'm 35 years old and I don't want to watch that teeny bopper bullshit. I want to see some grown motherfuckers behaving bad. Not these children. Like, I exactly. want to see a real show about a family. Like, and, and, and Own has did that a little bit, and I, I'm not talking about that damn have and have nots. I'm talking, <laughs> about, I'm talking about Queen Sugar. 
I'm talking about what's the other one? The the the, the church one. Oh, Greenleaf. Lord, I yeah, was addicted to Lord, I, I want to call it. I used to catch up on Greenleaf. Greenleaf was pretty good. I like was a good like, show. Like, I miss Greenleaf. Like that. that was a great yeah. show. Like Merle Dandridge was amazing. They like, just put soap on. It's just soap in the church. They just use a church yeah. as the background, but it was a soap opera. I mean, and like they I weren't afraid to call it that, though. I will hand yeah. Oprah that. She's not afraid to call those shows soap operas. You know, she's really not. You know, she'll be the first to do that. Um, but then, you know, that's because she was a soap opera stan. I mean, Oprah's last season, and they're like, Oprah, what do you want to do? She's like, Shit, let's do a soap opera legend special. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what got Jeannie Francis that job or why not? No, oh, okay. Well, next Ooh, time. No, we, we ain't <laughs> Bite your lip. Bite your lip. <laughs> what, what I'm saying is, you know, if there's the power in that, and there are still people who love soap operas who care about soap operas. Even <laughs> Here things go with Honor Navarro, the power that that has. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, even a 4020, you know upscale you know cool people who don't watch soap operas if you don't watch soap operas but i see you tweet about every damn netflix series and you didn't binge the whole season because the mama didn't fuck her son-in-law and her daughter-in-law <laughs> and she wanted from the um fbi motherfucker that's a soap opera yep it's a, it's a little bit more risque she doing all that but it's a soap opera <laughs> shit well Let's talk about a soap opera that is still on ABC, of course, General Hospital. Ooh, lots going on in Port Charles these days. Um, but one thing I definitely want to focus on is Carly and Britt had quite the strong conversation <laughs> when it comes to this whole Jason and Carly thing. Oh. Uh, so, Alan, let's go to you. What did you think of Carly and Britt kind of facing off? That was Carly's version of pissing on Jason's leg and planning as it's hers. She was not doing a little Brit's benefit at all. She she claims I was her attention, but it wasn't. Not at all. She's one of that man since 19, what, 97 at least? And she's claimed his ass. Period. That was Carly being Carly. That was in character for Carly to do that to Brit. She Mm -hmm. said, bitch, that what you had with him was a one night. That's a one night <laughs> thing, bitch. I've been his friend for twenty five years, and we have loved each other for all these years. And she had me convinced. I was like, "Oh shit, Carly!" I had tweeted that day. She is a low. She is a low down dirty. That's what I said. I said, I said, but that's Carly. That that's is Carly. that's the most Carly thing she's done in forever. Because I, you know, before Jason and Carly got engaged in the mole mobs, I was like, "Why is low right on the show?" 25 days a week, seven days, you know? <laughs> but the payoff for it is I am loving this Jason Carly marriage announcement because it's a, it's a ripple effect throughout the town. Everyone has an opinion about it. People were pissed. Those Sam and Liz, Liz uh, scenes were, were amazing. <laughs> they, were were. They, they, they were good. They said they had enough of that motherfucker. They were like, fuck this, this dude. With I just wish this. Monica had a different reaction. Like, Liz, well, my- Sam, Liz, Sam, and Jax are the only ones that have been in character about this. Monica, Bobby, well, Josh, I kind of, I'm I with love you, with you a baby. You don't know the history because but I, it's just like, but Monica, Monica, and Bobby are just like whatever. But when Monica, Monica said, Monica did her little eye roll. She did her little eye roll. Like, I know, yeah. but when Monica said to Jason, "Oh, Carly and I have a history," 
but I know you're doing the right thing. I was like, yeah. you have a lot more than a history. She ruined, her, she ruined it, a son's it, life. Yes, then, I'm like, honey. And then Monica, Monica's just like, well, I know you do everything. You only got to say two know. words to Monica Quartermain, and that is meat hook. Right, <laughs> it's like, well, no. Yeah, no, I do wish in dialogue. That's I'm kind of thinking like, is this wedding going to happen? Because Monica was too just docile about it. Like, I, I just, I just don't see Monica just being like, well, everything you do is for a reason. No, fuck that. You lost five years of your life. You just got shot. I'm you serious. You got kids now. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Well, this is the same show that that sweeps AJ's murder under the rug. Like it never oh, happened. Always. No matter and, who's uh, writing the show, it ain't and when and I, the, the appropriate. Re- I I want a scene where they finally can talk to Jason about what Sonny did to AJ and yes, have it be they're Monica. They're never gonna do it. Have that. It should have been Monica be like, oh. You're gonna marry the tramp that covered your brother's murder. Um, you know what I mean? Like something like that, something in dialogue. I just yeah, you know, Ron barely got away with that stuff at the That's show. What you I know, wanted. Ron. I just wanted Monica to keep it a little real, be like, hmm, you married and, and that should have been a scene when 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 Jason yeah. came back and got settled, he should have told Sonny for years, I spare Rick's life because that was your brother. I know AJ did a lot of shit, but you couldn't have paid me that same courtesy. You couldn't have did that for Michael. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there were so many times I want to blow Rick's fucking head off. And I did it because that was your family. AJ was mine. And he was Michael's. Tiggs, I'm about to give you that? the Monica lab coat and the hit with the wig. Like, like, <laughs> that, that's my whole thing. Don't sweep things under the rug. Because if that's, well, that was your fault. Frank and ABC shouldn't have let Ron do it. It was done. It's over with. Y'all fucked that up. And I will never look at Sonny the same again after that. Y'all fucked that up. Even but at least Ron knew. would even mention Mon the knew. consequences of it. Yes, even Maurice Bernard knew that was going too far with Sonny. But y'all did it anyway. So, no. Yeah. Go ahead and acknowledge. Fuck that. I mean, I do want the wedding to go on because I want it to be as messy as it can get. And I know there's some diehard Sonny fans. Why can't he just come back and get back with Curly and not have chemistry forever? Fuck that. <laughs> this is a soap opera. No. Jeez, no, I'm no. And I need Sonny, a soap opera. Sonny needs to stay presumed dead, in my, in my opinion, until November 2. Because I want Jason and Carly to get married. I want them to consume that, consume, consummate that marriage. And I want Nina to climb on Sonny like he is a jungle gym, goddammit. I wanted, I wanted to be climb so messy. on the meat stick, girl. Climb yes, on the meat I, I, stick. I want, I wanted to be so messy and let him put up some sauce in your piece. Who does come out? That's what I want. It needs to be as messy because we're seven months into this. Sonny's been presumed dead for seven months, so go for the gold, goddamn. And Carly ain't gave a damn. <laughs> Carly ain't right. Gave a damn. Right. Carly's had what? The, the last seven months, they've even Carly maybe two, three months. Carly's like on like, shopping. She's got a new haircut. <laughs> you know, she don't give a damn. Like that's why I said she told me I did that for Brit's own girl. Good girl, you needed a fucking cigarette because you've been waiting since 1996 to tell a woman <laughs> that that you are engaged to Jason. And yeah, when she's around Jason, and they need to play that up a little bit. Play it up. When Jason's around, she's like, I know we're doing this for the family, for the business. And then when she's by herself, she's just like. Mm-hmm. Sonny may not be here, but God damn it, Robin can kiss my ass. Liz can kiss my ass. Sam can kiss my ass. All these bitches can kiss my ass. 
Even Courtney's dead ass. I find oh, out. Oh, Courtney. Oh, Courtney. Oh, Courtney was. Fuck Courtney. Courtney was only fuck Nicholas. <laughs> no, I, I just, yeah, I need Carly to, you know, own that this is what yeah, she's always wanted. She's I, always yes, wanted to. I need her to own it. She needs to have a conversation with Bobby. I want Bobby to be like, Caroline, I want you to look me in the face and tell me you ain't happier than a pig and shit right now. Tiggs, you are like you Lisa Rinna. Own it. Because I'm just saying, you don't have Sonny anymore. But you finally got Jason. And I want Laura Wright to do that, 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 that all-knowing smirk she does. Like, you know you, I love that bitch, smirk. you are loving this. You yeah. are lo- and she just threw it to herself after Bobby leave the room, like, I think mm-hmm. I got this motherfucker. It took me quarter of a century, but I got this motherfucker. And then if they're going to get married, they need to give Kelly Monaco her Emmy will. I want Sam to get pissy motherfucking drunk and have Natasha Cast Nine come up out of her ass. And I want her to cuss everybody out at that motherfucking wedding reception. I don't give a fuck who there. Cuss out Jocelyn too. Fuck it. Cuss out Baby Donna too. Cuss everybody. <laughs> out. Baby y'all awesome because no. y'all all sat here and smiled in my motherfucking face for years telling me, oh, you and Jason belong together. You and Jason this, you and Jason that. But the second Sonny got out of the way, here come Carly stank ass. And it, the only time Jason had chemistry before Steve Burton left the first time was with the Pierre Water. When he got dumped in, I was like, oh, wow, that's fire chemistry. No, they really didn't. They need to have a scene between Kelly Monica, Laura Wright, even throwing Becky Herbst in there. I want to see the women in Jason Lee just going at it. Yeah. The history. I thought they were going to do it, you know, like a few weeks ago, and they still haven't touched on it for some reason. No, they need to. It needs to be. And I don't get it. They have to address it. They need to address the history. They need to address, like, oh, but this. And to, for Sam and Liz to be like, bitch, this is what you've always wanted. At least acknowledge that's what you wanted. Especially that's- Carly yeah. and Sam, because Carly yeah. and Sam have found like kind of common ground these past few years, but they still need to realize that they used to wreck shop with each other, you know? And yeah. that just yeah, doesn't beat the shit out of your love fucking bar. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I said, Bug Eyes almost hit killed you with I, the pool stick. I like, know how y'all feel about Jennifer Bramford. But when her and Kelly Monaco fucked up Jake's, oh, that was must be. Oh yeah, Jennifer could fight. <laughs> Jennifer <laughs> Bransford Carly could fight. <laughs> they, they was fighting, goddamn it. Mm, yeah, um, it needs to be something like that, where you know something's going on with Danny and Sam needs to contact Jason and Carly say some bullshit. Well, you know, I'm Jake's stepmother now, and you know, Jason left custody of his kids to me is something oh, that, yeah, that makes me feel and, like Sarah is Carly like, oh, yeah. and Sam and Lindsay both be like he left what the who oh, <laughs> yeah. and we still right here like what did you mean oh, God. so Alan I want to go to you on the next GH plot line so today a very predictable plot line came to light but it's one that's still quite interesting so Valentine was, of course, ready to start a ELQ meeting and in walks Austin, who finally introduces himself as Austin Gatlin Holt. So, yeah, right. Alan, what did you think of the development? Uh, I didn't like it because, number one, Roger Ross sucks in this role. <laughs> I don't like Austin Austin at all. All the shit about playing around all the women, which is very odd, just trying to find a woman for him, trying to vamp, trying to for- find a story for him. Isn't, isn't working. Number two, Jimmy Lee Holt was disinherited by Edward in 2012 during the funeral scenes. Oh, damn. Alice said, I got receipts. 
<laughs> yes, yeah, so there's remember at Edward's funeral, generally Hawk did not get shit. So why should Austin get shit? So it makes no sense he's he's a threat to them. So fuck that. They they don't they done played around with that damn well so many damn times. I don't even remember the last thing they said about it. Yeah, like Heather, they like yeah, Heather Weber don't fuck shares, that shit up. Yeah, the EOP <laughs> shares they made since nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> so, like, I said that's those shares they made since since Wendy Reese has carried a huge budget for the show. <laughs> um, but Tiggs, I, let's go to you. I know you've been waiting for this. I know this is something you wanted even since before Roger came back. Yeah, um, because Jubilee Holiday been on this show since 1986. I was one. But it's like, yeah, they've killed off popular quartermains, a lot of quartermains, but there's still some out there. And my thing is, I haven't minded Austin's rollout. I didn't like that they brought him back so soon after killing off Franco. That I didn't either. Stupid. I didn't. If they would have brought him back now, but also me and Milo was talking on Twitter, they should have brought him back and let us know immediately who the fuck he was. Even though we knew, still, they should have Yeah, I really don't understand why today couldn't have been Roger's first scene back on that show. Can you imagine how good the cliffhanger would have been if he just walks in? And exactly. says, hello, everybody. Right. I'm Austin Gatlin Holt. Can we start the meeting? Next no, week on General Hospital. The whole one but no, I'm so, I'm so happy yeah. about it. You can never have too many quartermains. Exactly. I don't give a damn. And the only way I was going to accept Roger in another role is if he was a quartermate or somebody connected to somebody I care about. And it, I, if I he wasn't a quartermain or Serena Baldwin, I was going to turn off the TV. Yeah, like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about these new characters. No, I want somebody connected to this goddamn campus. And I can handle it. Roger, Roger will be fine. He'll jail. He'll be if we can tolerate eight years of Franco. Austin is fine. They just got to get him somebody. Him and Laura White still have chemistry. I don't want him with Maxie. It is. It's so cute that he calls them Miss Maxie. I do like that. But I don't want them. To <laughs> yeah. But like no, like you know, they'll find somebody for Austin. He'll be fine. But I'm fine. It's another goddamn quarterman. I can't wait till Jane Elliott comes. I can't no. wait. Because Tracy, you know, Tracy don't like none of her nephews. I and I was going to ask about that. Are you excited <laughs> for Jane and Roger to have yes. those scenes as cues? Yes, because Jane, like, Tracy is going to treat him like he's the fucking hell. I know, I can't wait. <laughs> Cook 2 going to get more respect than that motherfucker. I can't wait for Tracy to say, <laughs> no. we're the board members of the hospital, not the staff members, except Monica <laughs> and my brother. And because she would say some shit like that. And it'd be like, Tracy, you crazy as hell. <laughs> Tracy probably gonna walk in and just like, I didn't know Jim Lee procreated. He had that, <laughs> that, like, that snot nosed bride of charity that he ran off with. I didn't even know you existed. Where the hell you come from? I'm A serious. test tube? A what? test tube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I can't, I, and I think her and Roger gonna play well off of each other. Like, Roger does well with. with with a broad like Jane. Jane gonna yep. be talking that shit and he'll talk that yeah. shit right back to her. The and way, then Tracy will be yeah, like, yeah. you know, Tracy Roger, will be like, Tracy yeah, will be like, he is straight, but he got a mouth on him. I like that. The way Roger and Erica Slays out used to go back and forth on each other, that's gonna be just like something. He he loves playing against veterans on the yeah. on the show. So he does you know, know, it would be really interesting. You know, I can't wait for them. Because I feel like this is all about to fall at Austin's feet. Like, you know, I feel like the Quartermains from that generation, and that's why we need Tracy there, you know, they'll finally be able to lay into Austin for the sins of his father. Because, you know, he was never forgiven 
for what he did to the Cordemain family, you know. And by the time he went off with Charity, which we now know is Austin's mother, um, you know, that was still a huge thing. And that's, of course, you know, Alan brought up him being excluded from the will in uh, 2012. So I'm curious to see the direction they're going to go and how, you know, Austin, if this will all be laid at his feet, or if he will just be able to sail into this new life peacefully. But of course, it's General Hospital, so we know what I just mentioned won't happen, and thank God it won't, because we need something interesting. <laughs> Once again, Chris and Dan, Dan and Chris, reach out in the history books. Yes. Write this wrong, because <laughs> to be honest, Roger should have came back as a court main the second. Right, he should have been Jimmy Not, not Franco, not Franco. But yeah, he should have been Austin back in 2013. Eight yeah. years later, cool. we've, you know, they've learned their mistakes. Eight years later. Um, and decided to create a character that is connect actually connected to a, the biggest family on the show. So I I'm not mad of it. You know I know people you know on that bird app, especially when it comes to Roger Howard. I, Lord, I don't know what is it about Ooh, this Lord, man. I don't know why though. Yeah, like people just lose well, their he, shit. He should have mm-hmm. He should just laugh and blah blah blah. I'm, I'm like, like did, he, he, did he piss on someone's? At the at a soap event or something like was he rude? To me? Like, I just don't understand the vitriol they have against Roger Howard. I get it, like you don't might not like this is the third character he's playing. Fine, don't you don't have to like that. That's cool, but like they just go out of their way to just to just make fun of this man and just just talk all type of shit. Like he doesn't know how to act. I'm like really like he doesn't know how to act. Okay, Roger Howard does not know how to act. Okay, go back to the history, but okay. Yeah. But I don't mind. Yeah, this. it's just like Roger. Roger knows how to act. Roger just has a shtick. That's all that is. And when it comes to that yeah. shtick, you can do it. That's but it. I mean, that's yeah. like everybody in daytime, you know? Every daytime actor and every actor in general has a shtick. I mean, yeah, you know. but, but I'm, well, not, well, now hold on now. Because everybody ain't Judy Evans. Everybody in Erica Slade's acting damn for sure ain't nobody David Canary in this bitch. Uh-uh. Well, I know that, but what I meant by that <laughs> is every actor has something they can turn on. You know, for Kim Zimmer, it was the instant tear. You know, she could drop that anytime you needed it, which kind of became her stick because, you know, then Reva would cry and everything uh, the last like 10 years of that show, even when Reva didn't need to cry. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, Alan, let's go back to you. Um, so Austin's parents, Charity and Jimmy Lee, would you like to see them make an appearance, even if it is just for like a short stint or something? No, they're dead. I don't care about them at all. Okay, great. Austin, so listen, t- this is, I don't know why you asked Alan's evil ass about, asked the Alan about the old folks. You know, Casey, you know I know because doing. I think that guy who played Jimmy Lee is like 68 right now, so I shouldn't have asked Alan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, know, I would love you know, if they want to pop up and you know, they can do a cameo or something yeah, like, do a, a a cameo or something like that. Do a cameo, to... throw in a little flashback or something like that. Why not? That'll help ground and, and really tie Austin to the canvas. Shit. Yes. Like because like that's me, because that, that's my whole thing with Brando and Sasha. I don't mind Brando. I'm I have always Tiggs, what is that voice? Sasha. I don't mind like, Brando. Yeah, I, <laughs> there's always been something I do. about that. There's always been something about Sophie that Sophia Matson that I like. And like yeah. I just need them I need them to be connected to somebody that I care about. 
like Brando being Sonny's random ass second cousin, I don't give a shit. Honey, really to this day, I'm not even sure about his relation, to be quite honest with you. I'm so confused by that. No, what, no, what they need to do is we know who his trifling ass mommy is. Lance. And, you know, chain him, chain him. Tie him ah, to the canvas. Okay, like, so Gladys, we know where Tiggs' like, mind is at. Gladys and Martin have never had scenes together. Maybe, maybe Martin not Gladys up back in the day. Make him Martin's son. Make him Laura's nephew. Make him Nicholas and Lucky and Lulu's cousin. I won't give a shit. They can make Sasha Max's daughter. I will give a shit. Just do something because I. They just like like with Willow. I don't care. I only care about Chase because he's pretty to look at it. He's Jackie Templeton's son. That's why I care. Other than that, I didn't give a shit about Chase until I found out Jackie Templeton was his mom. It, exactly. it just tied them to the canvas. I don't yes. want, like, look how many years it took for Nina and Valentine to stick. And they, they're played by great actors, but nobody gave a fuck because, first off, y'all didn't have a handle on the characters. It took you five years to learn. Yeah, and they even again. had, you know, staff and Stewart had, you know, great chemistry because mm-hmm. they're, they are those type of professional raw dog actors who are going to make mm-hmm. that work no matter what. But they didn't tie the characters very well you know they nina i gotta be honest after ron calabardi left nina lost all steam for me i was not into this kid who was changing uh you know they changed the sex of the baby too many times to count you know one moment it was a boy then it was a girl then it was a boy then a girl then you know non-binary whatever and then you know with valentine we all know he lost that edge immediately like a year into his run when um gene and shelly really rolled up their sleeves and got into the show um you know i really didn't feel anything for nina and valentine like remember when he was a marrakesh with her and he was a random jewel thief all of a sudden i was like that came out of nowhere it it was because that's because they just pulled it out of their asses when they started talking about valentine 10 years ago Bob Guza let us know even Helena was afraid of this motherfucker. But now all of a sudden, oh, Helena was afraid because she stepped out on Mikos. That's why she was so afraid of him. Really? Yeah, I'm like, bullshit. That is not the case. Helena, Jacqueline Cassidy would have killed her. She killed her own child. Thank you. She she killed her own child. You don't think that if Mikos was still alive and she had got pregnant with another man's kid, she wouldn't have killed Valentine as an infant? Child, if she serious. just wanted to keep her cat's nine money because she already knew if Miko found out he was cheating on her, he was going to kill her ass. You see, he was beating Alexis' mama's ass and she was his hoe. So imagine <laughs> what he's going to do to Helena. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, it just took them too long to find... because like He always had chemistry with, with Anna, but it's like he was such an awful person when he first came. Nobody wanted Anna with him, but they finally found a nice balance for the character. Where it's like, he can still be a little piece of shit, but it's not so terrible. You know, it's kind of like, it reminds me of her being with David Hayward on All My Children. They're kind of the same character now, Valentine and David. And I'm like, okay, I can deal with this. He's, they got charming. he's charming, but he can still be ruthless, but he does like, it's a nice balance of it now. So it's not always yeah. like, oh, Valentine's so over the top. And he's always making threats or whatnot. He's actually a fun character now. The way he interacts with the characters now and I love his chemistry with uh, him and Amanda Seton have good chemistry together 
definitely him and Fanola are hot as shit. Like, they've always been hot. And I'm glad that the show is playing off that chemistry between the characters. Long overdue, though. Long overdue. I really wish, you know, I didn't buy Valentin's backstory when he was the hunchback of Port Charles or whatever. And, you know, Anna was wearing them terrible wigs. Poor Fanola used. But, you know, honestly, if they would have just kept up with the story and not taken such a long break in between, I might be there for it more. But, you know, now that they're kind of starting to re-explore their chemistry they need to go for it now like it's yeah. it's game time like just go there like don't take any of these long ass breaks they do and and, and 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 anna doesn't need to be so gun shy like i understand things exactly and you know shit fizzled out with finn thank god because i've never understood finn and anna like i said they just gave me, <laughs> they just gave me two co-workers who really really like to have lunch together every day that's yeah. what they gave me like it wasn't like oh they're hot and steamy no <laughs> so no. <laughs> like but but her and valentine there is some heat there and valentine's exactly. gonna need some Valentine is going to need somebody to pull him back because when he finds out that baby is not his, he's going to go batshit crazy. Yep. And he's going to need somebody to rein his ass in because he is going to be ready to lock Brooklyn's bitch ass in the cage. <laughs> so, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to lose his mind when he finds out that baby ain't his and how she swindled him. Yes. And, he, and, and yeah, she was helping Maxie, but no, bitch, she was trying to swindle me before the shit with Maxie even came to play. You got me, bitch, and I'm gonna get you. Oh, like quick, he don't want exactly. to burn ELP to the motherfucking ground when he get done. Quick mm-hmm. shout out to uh, quick shout out before before I forget Nicholas Chavez as new Spencer Cassidine on General Hospital. You're doing great, young man. You started off a little a little stiff, but he's got control of this character. I love his chemistry with Sydney Kayla. Those two, Spencer and Trina, are about to be like. Oh, I'm so excited! I didn't like. I still don't like that he's Ava Stalker. Should have been Hayden, or at least Hayden helping him. Um, because I just <laughs> Spencer. Because to me, Spencer, this is too much. Like this is too much. This that would have been dumb for Hayden to be the stalker. Her hair should be comes trying to come claim her child again. She had time to be. Stalking yeah, people. like it's just serious. I'm like, hold up, Rebecca. I I understand that they wanted something soapy for Spencer for his introduction, but it shouldn't have been this. I hope when Ava finds out, I want more of us to get that little boy and put his balls in a vice. You little son of a bitch. Oh my God, I cannot. Yes, he's a slap no, because no, no, fuck that. You exploited Kiki's death. You made, you, you pretty much threatened Ava. Ava should be ready to fuck him up. No. Oh, it, my girl's about ooh. all because you wanted me to get get away from your dad. Well, and the last time, so the last time we saw Spencer, didn't he and Ava have that heartfelt scene where Ava was like, "You've got to start loving people again, Spencer," because you know he was mad at Marcus Coloma's Nicholas. But was that the last time we saw Spencer, or did he make yep. an appearance after that? At, at no, that was the last time we saw him. Yeah. and Nicholas okay. Bechtel was, was acting like he yeah, was Nicholas years old, he in the tenth grade. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. But yeah, like, it, it, uh, yeah. I mean, I know Mara gonna do what she needs to do. Oh, of course. But it's because mean, it's like Mara Marcus is Coloma, gonna just Marcus go Coloma is a good actor, but it, it's like you can tell in scenes with Nicholas and Ava, 
he almost kind of is more reserved. I it's need like him to be, be a little more outgoing. Yeah, he needs to be a little bit yeah. more outgoing. And he's been in the role long enough, and he's a great actor. Oh my yeah. god, don't get me wrong. Like this was a perfect recast for Nicholas. Yeah, I just think they need, I need, I need him to show a me bit. push yeah. it a little bit more. One show me something. When the Spencer reveal comes out, I need Nicholas to yeah, lay into Oh, he needs to light it up. He this light needs light it up. Up. this needs to be an Emmy reel. Like it because needs to be there. I, and and I already know the only person that's going to manage to make Spencer feel bad is Laura. Yeah, because Jeannie Francis has this thing where she can get in your ass and you will feel like shit. I Amen. love how she did it, Sonny and Jason, all the time. I used to love how she used to do it to Jonathan Jackson. Yeah, like when Lucky was acting up, or even if she, even if like Tyler Christopher's Nicholas did something, she's just like, yep. what, what's wrong with you? Remember one of Jeannie's Emmy, was it Jeannie's Emmy reel? It might have been somebody, no, it was Jeannie's. And one of her Emmy reels in 97, and she was like, you are my sons and you have to stop acting like this. I was like, oh, tell the truth, Laura. And that's what Jeannie is. You know, Jeannie- yeah does it so well by becoming this Laura who has children and grandchildren, but still packs a heat because she was like, I did not go on all these adventures. I did not stop the Cassidons from freezing this world for my kids to act up. And, you know, she plays that so well. And so I'm excited for those scenes. I yeah, really that's am. all it's going to take because you already know grandmother is going to lighten to that ass. Oh, oh, yes, she because, will. Because Spencer, Spencer is <laughs> She's not going to care. Yes, like Ava's going to threaten him. Nicholas is going to express his disappointment. Spencer is not going to give two flying fucks. But when grandmother gets mad ass, oh. it's going to be a situation. Laura, Laura will hear him out and then she'll say, okay, bitch, well, listen to me. I mean, Laura always lights in to Spencer. Laura always keeps that boy in check. Especially out of all the grandchildren when Nicholas was gone, Nicholas... Spencer broke both of his motherfucking legs. And Laura had to leave town for months because of ABC. And because he broke both his legs. <laughs> and she nursed that boy back to health. Exactly. So now let's uh, flip over to another network where our soaps are concerned. And let's talk about the bold and the beautiful. So B&B's had a lot going on lately. We have a hunky man in a cage. We have um, <laughs> Liam getting released from prison. We have Quinn and Carter being outed. Uh, we have the character of Zoe exiting stage uh, left. And we also have the bold and the beautiful soaring in the ratings. I mean, this show is only 300,000 viewers away from beating Wyandar once again. Um, it currently holds a 3.0 in total viewers, a 2.1 in households. I mean, B&B is turning on all cylinders in those ratings, but is it computing for our co-host? So, Chaz, let's talk to you. What are you thinking about the state of B&B right now with all you of remember these? I was on the, you remember I was on the call? <laughs> oh, Chaz. Child, I'm done with you. <laughs> oh, no, Chaz. No, it's okay. You just got a crash course in GH. Yeah, there listening. you go, for the Chaz. Last hour, I was like, oh, they know Look, a you lot. like special guest Chaz, Chaz, Chaz looking at, Chaz at his phone on Twitter like, Chaz, I'm saying, Chaz is probably tweeting out, when are these bitches going to let me talk? <laughs> I was getting ready about this. I was just getting ready to do that. That's so funny you said that. Um, I think Bald and Beautiful is doing what they need to do. Um, 
I have, I look at the show differently now. I look at it like, are they doing what they need to do in order for them to get ratings? And they're doing those things. What I did enjoy, um, kind of, was the okay. um, reveal of Quinn and Carter. I felt like I it was missing something. I like, was bored I, is what it was. Yeah, I needed... I needed people to go off. I needed Eric to punch Carter in the face. I needed needed... a little bit more from Quinn and Brooke. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, look at what you did to me. Like I needed some sort of fight. I needed something. And it was just, I didn't like how it all went down. Like that was, that was, you know, an epic episode to be had. Had it been written right. It needed to be when it needed to be at the same level of shock and awe and making me late for work that Katie did, you know, when yeah. she found out about Bill, it needed to be, you know, there was one scene in my mind that I was imagining and Chaz, you won't understand this, but whatever, because so days of our lives, <laughs> you know, I thought you was about to say, well, as a night, back in oh, no. so on the secret storm when mom pa. <laughs> <laughs> so um on days of our lives when uh Kristen came back to town and it was Eileen's Emmy reel the year she finally won and remember Kristen was on the ground you guys and she looked up at Marlena and she was like you bitch and Marlena was like isn't that what payback is Kristen I needed that same energy for Quinn and Brooke I needed it needs Halloween. some seasoning. It I needs some seasoning. Yeah, honey, it needed yeah. some garlic powder. It needed some. Look, it's the some shrimp were there. Some the shrimp were there, but they needed the whole bay. It was so not. Cool. So clearly, what y'all saying is Michelle Valjean didn't write the episode. Gotcha. Exactly. So she did not. You know, Michelle oh. may have allegedly taken a vacation, no. a spa treatment day. It, it, it wasn't. Just, it was lackluster. Like there were so many ways and so many things that it could have happened. Um, I didn't like that Carter was just like, yes, I did this. And then they had him standing the, right against the wall while the rest of the scene was going back. And yeah. Like, and I, the I, vow renewal, just, you know, I don't mind that it was a vow renewal, but I'm like, you all couldn't have gone down to the beach for a day <sighs> and done this whole elaborate staging. And I mean, the, I'm like, you couldn't have brought back like Kristen or Felicia for a day. The soap, the, it, the soap was not soaping. It wasn't soaping for me. It wasn't. No, no, the sun was fading. And what the show needs to tread lightly is this Eric and Carter thing. I, I'm talking it, to you, Brad that, Bell. You, I'm glad you said you that. You better tread I'm lightly. I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad one of you brought it up. Yeah. I don't, I do not want to see a white man forcing this black man to be his lawyer. I said all this. Because no, I want Eric to be mad. Right. You know, of course, you know, come off right. if we no. act like Eric has always been you know, honored the sanctity of marriage, which he has not. Um, but if we act act like he has, Eric gets the right to, you know, be mad, of course, but it can't be like what Rodrigo said, like Brad, it is 2021. It is not 1987 anymore. You cannot have that shit. Or 1957. (laughs) Oh, my whole thing is like, okay. Why did you want him to still work at Forrester after he didn't screw with your wife? And why would you want to? Why would you That's want that? Thing, and like, and so, he's still going to screw her right after anyway. Exactly. So why is the My whole thing is this is the perfect time for Carter to go over and work for Spencer Publications now that Justin then went crazy. Duh! Right. 
See, this is where I wish Spectra was still a factor. Yeah. Because he could have just went to Spectra if Spectra was still in the storyline and if Sally wasn't doing anything in general. That's probably what's going to happen, though. He's going to end up working for Bill because Bill ain't, well, Justin going to end up in prison. But yeah, Bill going to need help. <laughs> if Justin you know, like, I'm going to be mad if Justin I'm like, Sheila Cotta is serving breadsticks. You tell me Justin that, can't get away from these guys. That's, yeah, that's, like, most, you, Bill that's another need story another, uh, they dropped. They dropped the ball on. He's another brother shucking and jiving for him. So Carter going to end up over there at Spencer Publications. That's all that's going to happen. I, 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 I just... I like I said, they're like I said, they're doing the right things to to get people in the shock and awe moments. I do not ever need to see another Whitney Houston run to you video scene of oh, somebody I running. <laughs> I cannot take oh, it no more. No. Like we've done it. I'm over it. It's done. Please. And it's not Lord. even fun, you know. When somebody falls off a balcony or a cliff and they do the whole running gag with how the actor's position, to me, that's hilarious. But I'm tired of these, I want to run to you, you know, like you mentioned, Jazz. It's I'm just, tired of it. I don't want to see Liam for six months. Please send that character off on vacation. I'm, I'm serious. tired of him. I didn't mind. Uh, who left? What's the girl name? Uh, uh, Kiara so, Barnes. Yeah, she left. No, um, yeah. I, I Zoe Casey, goddamn it, calling that girl so. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> congratulations. I didn't really care for her as an actress. Well, yeah, it I, really I, I doesn't matter like, anymore yeah. because that was a lackluster exit to me. I mean, yeah, she was lied to for how long? Mm-hmm. And you know, that's how she leaves is with the dead and the goodbye. I'm like, this isn't Madonna's, you know. Take a bow, the night is over. Like, I just mad they don't got nobody else to put them ugly ass clothes. Uh, I need Katie snatching picture frames. He, I need you know, Sheila Carter shooting Taylor and Brooke and getting uppercut by Eric. He, I need something on this show because you know, honestly, the storylines are there right now, but the execution isn't there, which is honestly. The execution is kind of like shocking me that it's not there for B&B right now because they usually, with these classic soap trope moments, they do tend to knock them out of the park. You right. know, honestly, they knocked the baby switch out of the park. They knocked, you know, Brooke and Bill's affair the first time out of the park. But this is weird. Thank you, Taylor Hay. Yes, thank you, Taylor Hay. But this is weird for Brad not to at least have one episode that does make you want to tune in to tomorrow. Yeah, I this, see, this I is weird for him. I can't. I don't even want to watch it now. Brooke I'm serious. Total, Brooke should have been a total bitch to Quinn. Like, this what the fuck you get for trying to fuck your homegirl up yes. with my man, bitch. And a lot of people hated that Brooke was the one to reveal it. And I was like, no, it had to be Brooke. No, it had, it to, had to be Brooke. Brooke. It had to be Brooke. Else. After that bullshit with Shawnee and Rears last yes. year. And everybody's like, oh, shit. you know, yeah. Brooke is so hypocritical. Of course she is. We fucking know that. Everybody on this show is hypocritical. Yeah. Everybody like is. Quinn is hypocritical. Ridge is hypocritical. Yeah, uh, Eric is hypocritical. I hate when the they always say is Brooke is hypocritical all because they don't like the character of Brooke. It's like you are missing the point of what a fucking right. soap opera is. It's and like it's we all love Stephanie, but Stephanie was hypocritical every time she would strangle Brooke. When Stephanie would march up in there and say, Brooke, I can't believe you're hiding that this child is really so-and-so's and not my son's. And then years later, guess what? Oh, Stephanie, Ridge isn't your son either. That ain't you know, no Eric's son either. 
And so I and mean, and they still don't really look do that like how they. No, they do not. Look, no, I was, if I was, if Thor was on, I would be Rick. throwing that shit up in his face every damn day if they still. Me had too. Like Brooke owed her that. Like I said, like bitch, you tried to hook your hunger up with my with my man last year, and you ain't never liked me, bitch. You said I wasn't gonna pay you back. Quinn slapped Brooke on the floor. You know, yep. she, Catherine oh, Kelly Lane turned that head all the way around. <laughs> and so I mean, you know, and this is a callback. Finally, you know, they give Catherine something to do where it feels kind of like old Brooke. But the way it was written, the fact that it was such a dud and so lackluster, it was really disappointing. Brooke should have went full damn Stephanie Forrester on her ass. Yep. I don't know why yes. they just did not. Well, the thing, there was too many people in the damn scene. Like there was I just, agree. Chaz, once it yeah. got reviewed, once it got like revealed what was what was done, I don't need Wyatt there, I don't need felony flow ever. Oh, oh, when they, oh, when oh, I used to love on soap operas. I said, bitch, you better shut it up. You right, just hurry. That's one character I still don't understand how she is on and they're playing yeah. her every night. I don't get that. Because but. the Brad Bell went the wrong way. She should have been Amber Moore 2.0. Yeah. Trash. A yeah. scheming, a scheming late piece of girl. That's what she should have been. Yeah, but that, for that scene, there was too many people. It could have been a really nice scene, which is Brooke, Carter, Quinn, and um, Eric, maybe Ridge, they're just standing in the background like he always do. But, Ridge, I mean, yeah, Ridge should have been there. I could get, you know, I could get Ridge being there. I could get Ridge being there because they should have had a scene where where Ridge is just like, you supposed to be my best friend. How could you do this to my father? Well, and then they, they, they should have had Ridge there to bring up he and Quinn, you know, you know, because Brooke could have said, you know, years ago, you almost went all the way with Ridge but you held back, but now you go all the way with Carter and here we are in the mess you've created. And, you know, I used to love when soap, you knew that a soap was going to get good the moment a main character said, we need the room or you guys need to leave. And they used Mm -hmm. to do that all the time, you know, at weddings and funerals and big affair, um, affair reveals. And somebody needed to say that. Eric should have said, you know, Feldeny Flow, Darren Brooks, Denise Richards, you all need to give us the room. Yeah, go, go sit out somewhere, go in the kitchen that, well, I forgot hat y'all had. And just sit, and there's just too many people in that scene. Um, and then, yeah, well, say, and then they would have been in the kitchen eating hors d'oeuvres and talking shit. And, exactly you know, Denise Richards should have been standing room. at the door going, oh, I wonder what's going on in there. Yeah, that's yeah. how you play a soap opera. Instead, we got donna flashbacks with donna and eric and Ooh, child. donna we ain't <laughs> like seen donna Grace in Turner. like why I, I didn't get that like it was just like oh okay we're doing flashbacks now donna and eric so when she was pouring honey on them and i'm okay with that i see what they're doing they're trying to you know that's obviously is going to be who he's going to go to next but it was just odd like why is- i mean this was finally you know Brooke's chance or even somebody's chance you know Brooke should have went right to Eric and Brooke should have said look at me look at all we've been through and tell me that you've always trusted that woman you know she should have been like from the moment Quinn came to town she's been lying to everybody first about you know why it's real paternity and then it was your son and now it's this and I mean oh my god there are 
a million different scenarios on how that episode could have played out. And honestly, I never imagined that they would have gone to a scenario so boring and so lackluster because yeah. on an affair reveal, the, the shortest run of soap operas like Sunset Beach or Santa Barbara could get an affair reveal correct. So why can't the bold and the beautiful? Yeah, I don't I, get it. I don't know. It just, it was, like I said, it needed some seasoning. Like I think um, uh, Rodrigo said it needed some seasoning. It needed something. Like I was, I, I literally, I watched that episode live that day. Cause I'm like, Oh, what's happening? I did too. Day? Because I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, uh, okay, I'm good. So it was, it was interesting. Yeah. So um, now let's talk about b and sister soap, the young and the restless. Um, it's bouncing back a little bit in ratings, but still having a tough time. And honestly, the, the show is still kind of a mess. Um, so, of course, uh, Chelsea is going to exit Genoa City as Melissa Claire Egan's maternity leave finally shows up on screen. In the meantime, Michael Mueller finally confirmed his exit from the CBS show. Um, you also have the whole Ashland and Victoria thing. So, Alan, let's go to you. Um, what's the state of Wyandar looking like for you? It is so fucking bad because now they have no young set because Tessa and Mariah don't really count as a young set because they don't really use them. <laughs> use them. There's no really popular couples around on that show, really. Ashley and Victoria is the only couple I can see on Twitter that anyone is really excited for. And that's kind of sad that Hope is pairing with Amelia Hindley and Richard Burgey. That's a hot couple of the show. <laughs> that is sad. Finally. It, it is sad. I mean, they have but, chemistry to me, but it needs to be played a little bit better. Yeah. I want you to have a couple of shows. Like, I don't know if we're going to fully go there. They keep on teasing it, but they don't want to go balls deep. Lord Alan Jesus. <laughs> you and balls deep. I, don't talk to me as the tip, Josh, brother. I want the whole thing. Oh, Lord. Oh, God, I cannot with you. <laughs> um, I think, you know, their show <laughs> needs some work. It just, it needs some work. Like, I, you know, you don't have another to facelift. It needs yeah. something. It needs, I just, I tweeted this out maybe last week. I said they need a, a, a storyline that will draw people that's written really well is basically the only thing that they need and like kind of in some of these things that have been going on they need long. an umbrella story yeah yeah it, like they need they, a murder mystery they need uh, some disaster something some and by disaster not a shoestring budget disaster I'm talking balls to the wall you kill a major character off by Abby um, or something don't yeah. like a off the Lord can be free yeah, yeah there's, <laughs> okay, there's a multitude. okay. I endorse that. There's a multitude of people that can go on this show. I hate saying it, but there's so many people that just are not being used properly that just don't need to be on the show. And I'm not gonna call nobody names, but there's several storylines that can end. I do not care if Stitch came back to town or I'll call it out by name, Elizabeth Liner. It just <laughs> just end this. Abby storyline. I do not care about this baby. I don't care anymore. Like the only thing I think what they're gonna Did try. You never to care do... to begin with, though. No, <laughs> it was so bad from the. Okay, very then beginning. there's our answer. 
right it's like it's it was so bad from the very beginning like from the conception and they're, conti- they're continuing to go with it just like they're continuing to play an actress who has no acting ability you recite lines every damn day like it just i don't they understand can. why they let they continue to let fires burn without trying to put them out they got and... Trisha Cass hanging, lounging in Chancellor Mansion. She was playing a damn crossword puzzle. <laughs> crossword puzzles and shit. I'm like, Catherine Chancellor should have came down from the from above and slapped the shit out of everybody, kept them bitches out of her house. They're using her house as a damn fucking Motel 6 or something. I understand this. I can't, I can't. I, it's a... I think, I think uh, Jamie Jamie Gittin said from Daytime Confidential said something. He was like, why are all these people sitting on the floor in this town? They're on the floor. At the- <laughs> I had to do nothing but laugh because I was like, that's right. Why are they sitting there on her good furniture in the front room? Like, what? <laughs> please get off her stuff. Like, and I don't understand how you have, you have, at, you have um, uh, Trisha Cass, who, like I said, we have multiple Emmy winners propping this terrible storyline and they just won't let it go like you brought back stitch to be involved in the storyline because that's how bad it was nobody wasn't checking for no stitch i wasn't so it, there's there's multiple and don't give yeah i mean i was a stabby fan abby and stitch but the show is so far removed from that point that it was yeah. like weird to bring him back for anything i mean if she would have flashed back to that time she tore open those baby shower gifts after she miscarried that baby with Ashley, then that's fine. But to bring him back, it's like, why? It's been how long since that character's been gone? Didn't that like character five years? Him? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it's just a bit much. <laughs> Is and, I think are they trying? And y'all, let me know if I'm wrong in this. I okay. saw someone say, are they trying to make him now the sperm donor? Yes, so so I had seen a tweet, and Chaz, I tweeted it to you. The rumor is out there that he's gone so crazy and wants a baby so bad with Abby that he switched the sperm at GC Memorial. And that's really... Okay, wait a minute then. I don't hate it. I I don't hate it either, but then it's like... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe okay. Now, see, I was cussing this storyline last week, but I'm team. <laughs> but then, that's too. The issue for me is, is it's too far out of the blue. I mean, yeah, it would be. It is. It is. Yeah, we and it would tie back into Abby's but... conception, you know, of sperm swapping and sperm stealing. The sperm wars. Yeah, see, the sperm wars. Is, so sperm so wars. War too. What they should have did was Mariah should have just since they didn't created this animosity with Tess and Abby out of nowhere. Tess and Abby should have been arguing, and Mariah should have just took a tumble down Catherine staircase, and she lost the baby. And then you know Abby gets all horny and grieving, and then Stitch comes back to see his son in another house in H four, and she get pregnant by the time Chance come back. That's what they could have did. But this is convoluted as shit. But as long as Devon ain't the baby daddy. That's what I said. I like the story. Yeah, like the fine, fine. You know, I would also dance. love for Devon to, <laughs> you know, I feel like Brighton would get some great emotion out of that. Like I've been cheated of another baby, you know, because <laughs> no, I'm almost no, because here's the thing: so. you have to play the beat organically of what's going on on the show right now, and unfortunately, what's going on on the show right now is this, and so. If you're going to keep with the show's emotions, unfortunately, until Susan Dansby hopefully one day takes over as head writer, then you do have to explore his emotions. 
of this because he did donate sperm, which, you know, they had multiple conversations, you know, even of Lily saying, do you want to do this? And he did it. And so, you know, he's got to take a step back and be like, well, shit, you know, now I've basically lost another kid. Yeah, but to be honest with you, he's ever since the, the beginning of when he has, you know, wanted to donate the sperm, he's been so far removed from anything going Which on. Which I in don't understand. That's so weird. Line. It doesn't make any sense that he would then all of a sudden care that the baby is gone. But you because, know he will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's going to make it. First of all, it was out of character for him in the first place for them to say that he wanted to give up his sperm in the first place. Because yeah, it would be different if this was a baby for Tessa and Mariah. Right, but right. For it to be right. a baby for Abby and Chance, I'm like, one, yes, he and Abby have a friendship history and they almost dated when Emmy Ryland played the role 10 right. years ago. But, you know, you're right, Chaz. He wasn't that close to Chance at no. all. He officiated no. their wedding out of the blue. Um, but he's been closer to Mariah more in recent years. But of course, the lesbians can't procreate on daytime. So, right, right. <laughs> you know, and it was just for someone to lose his first child in the manner and his wife in the manner that he did, it wouldn't make sense that he would be so willy nilly and just be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna be the baby uncle. What that makes no sense con- compared to like what, what happened in the history. It's just like he cares so much about this actual child that he lost, so it doesn't make sense that he would relinquish the rights so easily to someone else that he would have no hand in raising. So it just, it was told, to me, it was out of character for him and to be that Lily in the first place. And if Lily was Drusilla's real data, she would have told him <laughs> that too. She'd been like, you're just going to give up rights? Like, right. You're just going to wash your hands like you never, you know, jacked off in a bathroom at GC Memorial? <laughs> right. <laughs> so there were so many holes in it, so it didn't make any sense at all that that's who would, you know, be fathering the child. But, and it, so it wouldn't make any sense that he would care that, you know, if, the baby is had in its in its um stitches. I don't think he would care in the first place because he's been so detached and running around doing a whole bunch of nothing that I don't even think he would care. Exactly. So, and you know what? Yeah, I would love for Stitch. You know, if this is true, Stitch needs to like cause Mariah to go into like premature labor and birth mm-hmm. that baby to run off with it. I'm talking go bo- like full bat shit, Sheila Carter early Phyllis years crazy and you know one of the lines he could say is Kelly always wanted me to have another child and there you go I mean he yeah, just run off with the baby baby oh, crazy yeah next time we see the baby he's 10 years old and we take with Max and with the baby he needs to go away padded cell <laughs> yep but yeah I mean I want if this is true if this is the way we're going it needs to be crazy I mean it needs to be david kimball creepy crazy like yeah he needs to go off the rails and that's fine you know i i don't like the idea of bringing back another character and making them crazy all of a sudden um you know because they did the same thing with jt you were and then they blamed it on all these other things and then we had i will say i will be okay with it more though just because stitch wasn't as core to the show as jt was and you know the way they told the jt story was so gross and so yeah. egregious of social issue story from what Sally originally set out to toll, tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you know, this would be more to me like classic 
daytime villain, you know, we need something for the end of the summer versus a social issue storyline that Mal decided to tell in three weeks. Yeah. Um, it's just two crazy family members. Kelly went crazy and what's her name went crazy? The mother went crazy. Yeah. Meredith. Yeah, I mean, I think I just think if there's a play I'm crazy, I want to see him full crazy. I want I don't want half crazy. No, me neither. Um, and I don't no want him arrested out. either so soon. I want him to yeah. run with that baby. Exactly. And be but, like you know, when we'll, Erica we'll Kane. But it's, but it's like is Mariah even that far along enough to even give birth to a healthy baby? No, well, sure. I don't think at this so. point, yeah, Mariah's I'm... only about like five months, barely. I'm so confused at this point because Mariah's got a nine-month pregnancy bump, but <laughs> here she is. They hurrying up this storyline as fast as they yeah, can. Yeah, I think so because well, she, we, we ain't seen Chance in four five months. And remember and, when she, Chloe was pregnant for 13 months and finally shot that baby out? I'm like, Chloe, you all greased up, girl. <laughs> and you know, the, the funny thing about it is if you weren't going to recast Chance, why did you even tell the story in the first place? You know, it should have been dropped. It doesn't make sense that, you know, there's a lot of things that don't make sense, but it doesn't make sense that you have the person that's supposed to be fathering this baby off canvas for such a long time. And I know that the other actor was quit or lot, let go or whatever happened. Sorry. <laughs> he, but, was um, he was fired. But you could, he could have easily been recast and I would have easily taken, um, what's a, uh, and my thing is you you know i liked this story before mariah's involvement because i felt you know with chance off the canvas and you know it was very organic for abby to discuss her miscarriage with ashley in those scenes discuss you know chance getting shot i felt that was a creative plot twist that's rarely worked in where his sepsis actually did cause issues but then they brought Mariah in and I'm like, this doesn't need to be a long-term storyline. Like no. this should have been Abby having those very honest, organic conversations. And then finally saying to Ashley, you know what? Me and Chance can try for this again when he comes back. But right now yeah. let's put it to bed. And Abby could have moved on. Abby could have gotten another love interest. Abby could have done another business story, you know, not that damn hotel again, please. No, not that damn hotel. No, no dinosaur bones. No, Abby, honestly, <laughs> I would have loved to have Abby gone back into reality television and maybe had a production company that was a subsidiary of Devon's entertainment company. Um, I, I would have loved more of that business aspect um, of her trying to get back into reality TV, but as an executive rather than as naked heiress riding a horse into the now non-existent athletic club. Right, right. No, yeah. good ideas. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, sometimes we have them. <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, let's uh, talk about Days of Our Lives. So Days of Our Lives is heating up as Eric returns and he and Nicole get a steamy reunion in her bedroom. But Sammy is not freaking here for it. She is not here for it at all. So, Tiggs, what do you think of Eric and Nicole getting the chance to reunite and Sammy busting it up once again? I mean, the Sammy aspect is always good in entertainment, but I, I don't care. Like, 
It's already been established that Greg Vaughn is not back permanently. So we already know what's going to happen. Sammy is going to get her day. She's going to get Nicole's ass. Eric, like, Greg Vaughn is going to cry and <laughs> shame Nicole and take his ass right back to Africa. And that's going to lead and be the setup to this shit we're rape that nobody fucking wants. I'm just like, I love Greg Vaughn. I love Greg Vaughn. He earned his Emmy. He's done a great job as Eric. But if he doesn't want to come back permanently, recast, or you should have written Nicole out with him last year. I love Arian Zucker, but Nicole is not the same character she was 10 years ago. The only reason she's a semblance of who she was is because she's hiding a secret and scheming. That's the only reason. But she's not who she was 10 years ago. They could have just written her out, given her and Eric a happy ending. What was the point of putting Eric and Nicole through all of this shit, giving them this, this wedding and, and everything went okay, and then just for them to be married for three months and then he leaves town. They don't recast. He's gone for eight months. She sleeps with Xander. It's, it's bullshit. It's bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And this is what I've always said about Days of Our Lives. I know they've had the, you know, the, the, the cycling in and out of characters. I'm tired of that shit. I'm tired of it because it, it is now it's to the point where it doesn't make sense. There's no investment. It's just, well, I don't give a fuck about Ben and Sierra right now because I know Victoria Conifal is not on contract. So it's just like, okay, are they going to get back together? Barbara Scott Wilson just signed a contract. When is she going to leave again? Well, I got invested into Xander and Sarah. Sarah left for no fucking reason. Now we got to find her ass. And it's just, I, I don't care. And then the stuff with Paulina, I'm pretty sure she's being forced into this price count bullshit because that's the only way to justify it. If that's the case, the whole town gonna hate her forever. So, no. it, 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 and you know, Ron loves his punk ass red herring. They're really gonna have to be a fucking red herring. So that's what it is. I guarantee Paulina's being forced into this shit. So it's just like, okay, uh, ugh, I don't know. Days is, I'm not feeling days right now. <laughs> I'm trying, so, but I'm now, Tiggs, you did bring up Xander, and of course, Sammy is going to like start to get under Xander's skin, be pumping him for information. So, what do you think of that aspect? Because I mean, that's really going to ignite Sammy. Well, no, yeah, no, yeah. Like, I mean, the whole thing—that's the best thing about this thing with Xander and Nicole sleeping together. Yeah, Xander and Nicole do got chemistry. Yeah, but it's just like it, it happened out of nowhere, and then the history with Xander and Nicole is kind of gross. So yeah, and I mean, they're trying to kind of like explode each other's infidelity, which to me is kind of weird. Yeah, 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 that's what I want to. I want to, if she gonna fuck Nicole up, I want Nicole to fuck her up. Nicole, you do the same thing to her. Sammy, yeah. girl, I love Sammy, but girl, sit your ass down. Because this is not, <laughs> because, yeah, because this Lucas is not your fight. To, to, yeah, Lucas not yours. Her. And Lucas told her ass, you no. need to leave Nicole alone. Because no. you didn't did some dirt, she didn't did some dirt. So you need yeah. to leave her the fuck alone. But like, he, she just don't want to leave it alone. And then, you know, the Olympics start next week and Days is going to go on their usual two-week hiatus. So Ron better have some shit next week because I'm like, I'm not impressed right now. I'm not impressed. Like, I remember back in 2012 when they killed Jack off. Oh, Lord, that time. disaster tick. Yeah, that was oh. the shit. That has you ready. Like, okay, all right. I think even in 2016, they had a little bit of something, something going on. But it's like, I don't see any scenic well, Yeah, because anything. the last time they went on break, wasn't it leading up to the whole uh, hope was in the tunnels? 
Stefano, that whole plot. And because they were doing those special, like kind of one-off episodes, like Guiding Light used to do with Inside the Light last time. Yeah, and I didn't like that. Well, the, the, yeah. the one, the, the, time, the time jump was supposed to be a cliffhanger for last year, the Olympics last year. Well, we all see how that went. And that, yeah. So I'm sure Ron has something up his sleeve to get, you, you know. I don't give a damn about what's happening right now. Because there's only nine episodes or eight episodes, something remaining. So, I mean, it's really got to pick up steam, which I'm sure it will. You know, he'll probably leave us with a bonkers cliffhanger. Um, but, you know, we, we'll kind of see. Um, Alan, another plot line I wanted to talk about, especially with you, is Chanel and Allie. Um, so Chanel has admitted that she might have feelings for Allie. What do you think about that? I love it because, let's be honest, Trip and Allie have chemistry, <laughs> but it's wrong to pair them together because she fucking accused him of rape. That's gro- gross. They shouldn't be together. It's, it's just, ugh. And they didn't really play that out because she, he should probably hate Allie because he, she pretty much ruined his life for months. I'm glad that it appears that they have Allie and the new Chanel have chemistry. So that's good. But mm-hmm. now I'm worried about what they're going to do with Johnny because now Johnny has no one in the age group he can be here with. Who's Johnny going to date on the age group? Is do you he, want them to create a new character? They could. Or maybe Johnny can make a play for Chanel. They, the, the twins could be in a triangle with the same girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot with that sound. You just, no, no, because it's just, it's just like, yeah, and then it's like, what's Claire leaving? Okay, what about Trip? Yeah, and that's like, another thing. Yeah, it's Why the hell won't y'all bring back Joy Wesley? Why not? Yeah. Like, it, it's right there. Johnny and Trip could be fighting over Joy. Come on. Like, it, it seems like GH, then Chris and Frank, they see us bitching on Twitter. They've been listening. But Ron, you know, Ron sometimes getting his feelings and nobody want to listen to no goddamn body. And it's just like, talk to Ken, talk to Albert, be like, okay, well, what are we doing? Cause what's the point of Johnny coming back besides EJ having a kid on the campus? Why is Johnny here? For what? Like, they don't even have any love interest in him. They don't have anything planned for him. So why the fuck is Johnny coming back? It's bad enough to use Theo as just a casualty of, of being in Sierra, and they don't do shit with him when that boy is a good recast. And it's just like, what are we doing here? Like I said, I can't commit to anything because I don't know how long a motherfucker going to be on campus. Mm-hmm. Why do I care if they're going to be gone in two weeks? Or why do I care if when I finally do get invested, oh, they're going to go away for three to nine months? Like, who cares? Oh, so- because he didn't want to be cheap. Now, um, Rodrigo, I certainly want to ask you about this before we switch gears again. Uh, Bonnie and Justin, um, what are you thinking there, especially um, in the upcoming uh, episodes? They're going to get engaged. Who fucking cares? Why was the, I mean, what was the point of killing Adrian off? He was just going to put it with the damn twin and stuff like that. It don't even make no damn sense. I thought they were going to do a twist. What I would have done was I would have been like that was Bonnie that died and was Adrian was still alive or some shit something that like. It, well, many people yeah. are thinking that's still possible though. It might. It, I hope Ron goes that way because I don't like it. I don't want Justin to even be interested in Bonnie for what she did, and he should be hating her ass, not 
falling in love and stuff. And I understand Judy and Wally have the chemistry, but this, I, I don't like well, and see, So that's confused me from day one. Yeah. And I've been very vocal about that since they killed Adrian off because I haven't been a fan of this like some other people have because we literally, it had only been a year that Adrian died. And then if you factor in the time jump, it was two years since Bonnie sent Adrian to prison took over her life, got Adrian beat up by the Spice Girls and T-Boz or whatever. And then Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden Justin's in love with the woman who almost, you know, had Adrian killed in prison. Like, that makes no sense to me. It's so bonkers. He doesn't have any kids on the canvas to yell at him for it. (laughs) True. He doesn't have any of his 50, 11 children. No, it would have worked better if Justin was just hating on Bonnie and scheming to get her out of town or something or getting revenge on her or maybe using her, making her think that he was in love with her and then just pulling the wool under her eyes. I, yeah. That's what I would have liked, something like that. Me where too. You showed, his, you showed his karaoke side. He was like, bitch, you think I was in love with you? You got, you got to be crazy for what you did to my wife and all this stuff. Yeah, I, I would have played it that way. I wouldn't play the real love See, story. I, I buy it because Justin's always been a dick. When it comes to Adrian and other women, <laughs> like that whole Elsa. Well, thing I know, but still, do you think like, he so would that, have that done this to really, Adrian? You know that doesn't really like. Oh, Bonnie did this. Like, like, like Alan said, one of those boys should have been back to be like, "What the hell are you doing?" I but mean, not yeah, Sunny. Been, honestly, not Sunny. No, no, not Sunny. I want a biological. Well, it no, should have been Victor Jr. You don't know a biological child they got. No, it should have been one of the twins. Oh yeah, and, one of the you know, twins. Yeah. Yeah, and just. I mean, they should have fought against that because Justin's mm-hmm. a man. Men, look, my mother was with her man for 14 years. That motherfucker was engaged four months after she died. Men do that. So, I, straight men do that. So, like... Exactly. I, I, I Let's clarify. Yeah, so, like, I, I don't care about that. Like, it's fine because they've already deemed it that Adrian was the boring character, even though they wrote her out of character because Adrian wasn't boring back in the day. No, like Adrian was a boss. Well, yeah, but, but you know, they, they, they turned her into Aunt Maggie over the years and made her boring and made her expendable. And Bonnie's the more, you know, interesting character. Justin started sleeping with Kayla right, right, you know, right after Adrian died. Wasn't even what three, four months, five nope. months before they started nope. sleeping together. That's so, not what I said. If yeah. you start screwing Kayla. Bonnie's a shoe in shit. Like, <laughs> the, the problem I have with Bonnie, the Bonnie angle is it's just I don't know. It's I'm wanting to make her and Bonnie twins. Just go ahead. Oh yeah, you've been saying that for years too. Yeah, yeah Jake, just, you've been saying that literally twins. since Adrian died. Yeah, you yeah. might as well because I'm I'm kind of I was pissed off too when they killed Adrian all because it's just like for what? But that's how these soaps are. I'm pretty sure Ron and Ken them just like, well, we can only just bring Judy back as Bonnie. It's not like we're gonna lose Judy. And that, that's probably what they thought. Just like, okay, whatever. I know Judy's like, oh my God, they're coming off Aiden. Oh, Bonnie be back in three months. Oh, okay. So it's just like, you know, I, I don't know. They's just, they need better execution in their stories. They need a game plan. Because yes, Ron is more creative than Josh Griffin. But his shit feel like he just writing this shit and he goes along too. Like, why are Jake and Gabby living at Maggie's old house with Rafe and Ava when she owns the Demir Mansion? 
If they ain't trying to fuck with you and your man, kick them motherfuckers out. Or just sell, like Alan said, sell it back to EJ or something. Get a, get a profit off of it. You could do that and you and Jake can start your own company. Like Jake can start Demera Motors or some bullshit like that. <laughs> like cars and shit like that. Like just think, just use your brains, use your heads. Like, like I said, the execution to a lot of this shit just ain't working for me. Yeah, no, I feel you. It's it's definitely um, execution, but I will say, I mean, Days is still entertaining. It is. Know. It is. Yeah. It's still entertaining. But the execution needs to be a tad better. I think Ron is by no means as much of a mess as he was a few months ago when we had a shoot ton of problems, especially, you know, I felt like there was a lot of problems for a lot of stories during the era where Ali came back. Um, and during the alley rape story, um, and even kind of during with the Charlie uh, murder mystery. But I think a lot of things have been shored up for the summer. I just, I'm with you, Tiggs, though. I need a little bit better execution. You got to. It, it's like, yeah. he has a lot of good ideas in his head, but that's why he needs Ryan Kwan as a co-hair writer. So if Ryan just throws something out there, Ryan can be like, Okay, we can do that, but let's backtrack. Yeah, let's cover the beats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's that. Like, like Ron, Ron has the candy, but Ryan needs to lay it down in the path back to the hourglass. You know, he needs yeah, to yeah. It's like cover Ron all the bases. Ron want to buy a new comforter off of Amazon <laughs> and just throw it on the bed and not smooth it out right. That's what not even doing. throw it in the washer first, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, yeah, so we'll see what happens with Days of Our Lives. Definitely a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Um, before we conclude, let's hit on our talk shows. Lots of stuff going on in the world of daytime talk. Uh, the View is allegedly in talks with Debbie Matinopoulos for her to return uh, to the panel amid Meghan McCain's exit. If uh, everybody will recall, Debbie Matinopoulos was, of course, an original co-host of The View, uh, not lasting very long at all. Um, and she also returned for uh, the show's special 20th anniversary episode, which included all original co-hosts except Barbara Walters, of course. Um, and then over at CBS, CBS is looking to allegedly snag Jerry O'Connell as oh. a permanent co-host taking Sharon Osbourne's place, which is quite interesting if he does this he will be uh, the first mainstream man to break into an all-female panel talk show. Um, and the ratings, these panel talk shows are really suffering lately too. The talk continues to be the lowest rated daytime program, only breaking about 900,000 in households and 1.2 overall in uh, total viewership. The views having a rough go of it with only 1.6 in total viewership. Rodrigo, let's go to you. What the hell is going on with these panel shows? No one's watching them no more. I mean, the talk is in last place in the rating. That tells you something. That people are talked out from that show. <laughs> the view is so desperate. They're going back to first season host calls. I mean, somebody who that, wasn't even a first season coach made the show jump. She wasn't even there during the heyday, so I don't understand why they want to bring... So in that case, why don't you just go ask Star Jones to come back? Or, I um, would rather have Star Jones. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're going to have... I mean, Star Jones is the one that brought in 
some eyeballs and was there during the heyday and all the popular. Sarah Jones shit. first put that show on the map with yeah. her controversial exit. Why they man? I mean, okay, that that's a choice, but um, <laughs> that's a choice. So I mean, that just shows that the view they don't know where they, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, uh, you could give that to Anna Navarro. I don't know, maybe because Anna just wants to do once a week. She doesn't want to do full-time. We don't know what's going on. So, But the obvious choice would have been Anna. But Debbie Matinopoli, I mean, because she's on Hallmark, you want to bring I don't know her. On. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on now. That, 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 that Please. No, it, 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 needs to be, it needs to be another black woman on that damn camera. All these yeah, it damn needs to be the return of Star. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, get a black woman. Up. And, uh, oh, you know what? Get fucking Laverne Cox. She's black and she's trans. I loved when she used to do guest ins. Yeah, you're like, get, get Laverne Cox. Like, do that. Like, don't I want to see another dry ass white woman? And like y'all said, Bro. a white woman that wasn't even popular. Debbie Matt Knockless was on that motherfucker. She didn't make it past her first 90 days. She is on 90 day probation. Goddamn <laughs> For real. Her ass was fired by the time Fort Charles hit six months on the air, and they want her to come back. But oh, what? Yeah. That's such a weird choice. Like I don't understand. Ugh, ABC. And, then, so and I get it. It's their 25th anniversary. Season. No, I don't want to care about that. But no. still, this is not the time. Like you said, Tiggs, this is not the time to care about that. I mean, get like an Abby Phillip on there, you know, from CNN. Um, you know, if you want a black woman, which it needs to be a black woman, in my opinion, get somebody with a little bit of heat behind them, a little somebody who can come to the table with actual facts like an Anna Navarro. I, hey, uh, I would to Omarosa. Uh, let's not sleep on her. No, I, I would turn my TV on. I mean, she's I will stop no, 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 no. I'm like, no, she can okay. go read Candace Owens' Blackout somewhere and sit on a beach. I don't need her on my TV screen. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, it, 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 they, like, like, and, and the thing with Jerry O'Connell, I like Jerry O'Connell, but why is the man oh, I never have, on Lord. the panel of a dying talk I'm show? I'm like, there's a reason his talk show didn't get picked up. My God. <laughs> like, no, the, the, no. Persona is so braiding. He's so all the time. This. so fake. Yeah, CBS is doing this shit because they just don't want to bite the bullet and fucking cancel the talk. Well, because, because they already renewed it for another year, which yeah, was beyond they, me. Yeah, they, they just don't want to go through the whole storm and drain of trying to do another talk show. Because, look, look, them ain't no other game show going to fly. But it's just like... Yeah, they need a talk show. I mean, another soap would be great, but truly, if they're going to keep up with anchoring that daytime lineup, they need a talk show. Um, but they need, like, if you're going to bring a me another even, talk even show... Even advertisers still love soap operas because they love the fan loyalty. Like, I, I don't understand exactly. it. Like, CBS has never had their own network-based soap. Do they not realize how fucking cheap that could be? They could do that on the talk set right there in California. Like, I, I don't understand it. Get some people in there to know how to balance a fucking checkbook and produce a quality show and know how to write. It's not that goddamn hard. They need to call Sean Kanan and have him do it, because that show that he put on. I'm serious. You know what? Call Sean Kanan, executive producer, head writer, Jamie Gibbons. There you go. Yeah. Done. That's all you got to do. Like, it's not that hard. The main reason GH is still on, yes. GH has a brand, but ABC owns that motherfucker. That's the main reason why it's on the air. And GH is beating beat the view in the ratings, too. Yeah, GH is now whooping the views ass. Well, yeah, that's because 
like like dick like Rodrigo said, nobody cares about panel talk shows anymore. They barely care about talk shows. A lot of people look at us. Shit. Just start and a podcast. Watched, do your own damn talk show. The only you know, watched, the only talk show people care about right now is Kelly Clarkson, and that's it. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and the trashy gutter butts who still care about Wendy Williams. But other than that, like which we'll get into cares. in a moment. <laughs> But yeah, I just and this whole Jerry Oka, I'm not. I'm just gonna say it. I don't like him. I'm not the biggest Jerry fan. When he co-hosted a Wendy Williams show um, and did it by himself for a bit, I was like, Ugh. I didn't watch like for that whole month. And I find it to be incredibly boring and very, very, very just, fake, very forced. Yeah, I just I don't. I didn't find him to be a very good actor. I showed him want to listen to him talk on my TV. Oh, you didn't like his stint and scream. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> the only acting I liked him in was when he was in he was in Mariah Carey Heartbreak video. That's the best. I'm serious. And my whole thing, or if they want to get a man, why didn't you get a gay man? Like, yeah, why don't you actually get a man who's gonna want to be there around those women to actually talk about real issues? Because you know what Jerry's gonna be there for? He's gonna be there for the comic relief. You know when Cheryl's like. Right now, so many women are struggling to get their periods. And Jerry's going to be like, I tell you who's not going to get one. <laughs> Jerry. I mean, that's yeah. really all it's going to be. And that's going to be trash and boring. Yeah. I don't want to see that on my team. I don't want to see my Jerry talking to my Melody Thomas Scott. No. Uh-uh. uh-uh. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see when Melody Skypes in to talk to those ladies. I don't want to see Jerry acting like he knows who that is. <laughs> I don't want to see it. <sighs> anyway, um, let's talk about um, Wendy Williams, a little bit Yay. of a more serious um, issue going on with the Wendy Williams show right now. Um, and this honestly, it just breaks my heart. Um, there was a TikTok star um, who tragically passed away uh, by the name of Swavy and um, Wendy Williams brought it up as a hot topic on her show and it did not go over quite well. Uh, Wendy started out, they pulled a picture of the TikTok rapper up on uh, the screen and Wendy Williams decided uh, to talk about mainly the generational gap in um, social media and Instagram. And she was like, oh, you know, Swavy has way more followers than me. And she was like, oh, I would never do a TikTok or a TikToker. And everybody was laughing. And then randomly out of the blue, that's when she decides to say, well, he's dead. Um, it's caused a lot of pain for this um, man's family, this young man's family. Um, and the mother of the slain TikTok star is demanding that Wendy does apologize um, for how she decided to go about this, uh, which was in turn a very rude way of going about it. Uh, Swavy, of course, died on July 5th following a shooting in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, according to the police report, his mother, Chanel Clark, told CBS3 on Saturday that she was still reeling from his murder saying I'm mentally going through it because I seen it. I seen my son shot down in the street like that. And that was reporting from people. Uh, Chaz, let's go to you on this. What do you think of this? 
Um, I, I think that it was repulsive. Um, I think that obviously Wendy Williams, I don't know what her mental issues are right now, but she didn't have to do it. That's the sad thing about it. If you didn't know who this young man was, if you didn't follow him, you had no idea of what he was, you didn't have to bring it up as Hot Topics at all. Yeah, I agree. There was, there was no point in doing that. And the, the way that you just made it seem like his life was nothing. Yeah, so so he's got all these ballers. That are, oh, yeah, he got shot. And the audience was just like, what? You know what I'm saying? It's like you have totally forgotten that this person was someone's son. He, he was someone's kid. And, and he didn't he have to put him on young. blast like that. You know, you didn't have to do yeah. it. She and, didn't but, have to say, oh, nobody knows who he is. I'm like that. Right. And we, I get you're her invalidating brand. his life. Right. And I get her brand. I get she's, you know, the shot talk person or all this kind of stuff. But there has been many times where she has said some things that have offended many people. And the so funny thing about it is she, she can't stand it when someone talks back to about her or says things about her. But when this just crossed a major line and and for her not to go on the very next day and say, I'm sorry, this was insensitive, this was inappropriate, just speaks to whatever issues that she's going on in her personal life. She just had Tabitha Brown read, read the hell out of her life. I know, yes. For, for saying something she don't even know this lady. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, what is going on? I'm like, you me? don't know Tabitha like that. Like, like at some point, I think, you know, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of, um, of network notes and stuff like that. But at some point, somebody got to be pull your coattail and be like, hey, come on now. What's really going on? You know, like, I, I don't, I, I understand her brand. I understand that some people love it. I personally can't stand her. But the thing about it is, is that at some point, you got to have a little taste. At some point, you got to have a little class. And you got to have a little respect for someone who has gone on and for their family that still have to live through that trauma. It was, there's absolutely no excuse for it. Yeah, and I, you know, everybody knows that I've always had a good time watching the Wendy Williams show. I'll admit that I use Wendy Williams gifts and Rodrigo and I sometimes, you know, do a how you doing to each other. But this, I was like, oh my God, like you've, like I get what she was trying to do by showing a lighter element to the story, but her execution, I was like, Wendy, you cannot deliver like that. All she should have said if she wanted to do this story, which Chaz, I agree with you, she should have left it alone in the first freaking place. But if you were going to do this story, just say, you know, I've never heard of this young man, but his life did mean something. He had quite a substantial following on this hit social media for his amazing talents. And here at Wendy show, we just, you know, our hearts go out to the family because this boy sadly lost his life. And that's right. all she had to say if she wanted to bring it up. And then, you know what? His mother, instead of grieving over her dead child, would have probably said, you know what? Thank you, Wendy, for doing that and validating that he meant something. But instead, she made a joke out of the whole thing. And the fact that she really doesn't understand that she did that is even more, I think, egregious than anything. I don't think she understands half of the shit that she says or the impacts that it has. I don't think so either. Like, I I think I remember she her throwing legendary gospel group, the Clark sisters 
um, underneath the bus saying that they were trying to ride on Snoop Dogg's coattails. Foxers has been making music since the 70s, before Snoop was probably even born. And it was just like, I just remember so many things came to mind of stuff that she had said. And I was just like, why are we still giving this woman a platform to, to spew her hate and venom to everybody else? I don't know why. It's not even the same fun show it used to be. I mean, the show used to be about, you know, page six and the fashion and the high heels and bringing on Sarah Jessica Parker's shoe line to give her publicity and all that. But it's not the same. Um, Rodrigo, let's go to you, though. What do you think of her? Wendy mad. That's what it comes boils down to. She's still mad about this Kevin situation. She still hasn't gotten over this. She needs to be going to therapy, to be honest, I and to, be able to deal with her issues and stop taking it out on her staff and stop taking it out on the audience and stop taking it out. Because the last few weeks, she has just been crueler than normal her normal it's self. been weird to me. it's very weird to watch and i'm like it's not fun anymore it's like ever since she had some of the audience come back and come back and the even the audience seems uncomfortable now they're like something's going on with her she is off um uh, it's time she's gonna be on a high it's a finale coming up so because she's gonna need a nice break because we she needs to Go to church, go to a pastor, something. This is the last week. Or she is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah, needs her, a break. Yeah, her birthday next. Could, yeah, her birthday next week. So yeah, you can go tell she's right still birthday, going they through, come back in September. Yeah. She is still going through some residual pain and PTSD from that whole situation, and and, and I've always said, you know, when look, I've been listening to Wendy since of New York radio. Okay, so. Uh, I know the type of brand she she has, what she brings, the controversy, yes. all that. But this just seems very mean spirited. The whole tap of the tap of the brown thing was very mean spirited. You don't know that lady's marriage to be comparing your situation to hers because not she made up a whole story, like a whole. Yeah. Story. Was like, no, no, yeah. she what she did was she projected. You projected. All, I don't know about y'all. But I watched that Wendy Williams movie and no, you were the one that put Kevin in the front seat as your manager. Exactly. That was the Brown's husband, Chance, was a police officer for 15 years. And she told him, if I were ever to make it big in this industry, you can retire early and focus on something you want to do for yourself. And, and God you know damn what's it, different? What's she different she did. from... Wendy and Kevin is that Tabitha and Chance are clearly a joint team from what we know. And it's not just for show. Like I honestly no, feel like if you go into that household, the Brown household. Yeah. The Brown household, in my opinion, if you go into that household, look past the Facebook lives and the fun come on in this room song, that's an honest household where they're raising something beautiful together. Unlike what Wendy told us about Sheen Kevin's household. And I'm like, Wendy, why are you doing this? You know, you had a very successful movie and documentary. You know, honestly, the show was a lot of fun when she came back from COVID break. Um, but she's lost her way, which is very odd. I don't even know where the crack in the surface really came, but it's been coming now for a few weeks. Yeah. Wendy just I, doesn't I care. Will say, 
Somebody please give Tabitha Brown her own show because if I ever get that much that I can read somebody like that without even cussing, my God. You know what? Cancel the <laughs> talk and bring on the at. Tabitha Brown show. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I just because I, it ain't even about her mental health. Wendy Williams has been doing this for over 30 years. That bitch knew exactly what she was doing. But it's different. That's why, that's why I have that I will always go back. It's been 18 years, but I will go back and listen to that interview with Whitney Houston. God rest her soul every chance I get because yeah, Whitney, Whitney Houston added her her ass. That's why usually with you know Whitney, who else did I, I agree with Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, oh no, I was gonna say, you know who else did too? Is if you yeah. go and Google George, Judge Joe, or George Matthews. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Judge Matthews. Judge Matthews. Judge Matthews. Yeah. 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 A Detroit read is what she got from him. Because yep. he, he, he called it like he saw. He was like, How you coming out here? You'd have been to the bathroom three times. You keep blowing your nose. You know what that's about. I was like, Woo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and if anything, if anything, Judge Master's gonna do, he's gonna point out a crackhead. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, even with Roland Roland Mark from TV One, like he read her ass. Yes. When she had those comments a few years back about all white colleges and all black colleges, and it just Wendy, see what was fun about her show at first was because she did receive those network notes, and they did tell her, Wendy, this isn't radio. Because it got to the point where you're not going to get an A-list celebrity on here, sweetheart, because they hate you. Right. So you need to soften that up a little bit, babe. Now, when it comes to these reality stars, say whatever you want, fuck them. Yeah, when James, when the cast of Desperate Housewives was the only A-list star she could get at the time, that was it. I mean, it used to only be the cast of Desperate Housewives and Sarah Jessica Parker was like the only people she could get on for like three years. She had to soften that up a little bit. But when she did soften it up a little bit, those ratings started going up. So yeah. when it was time for the next contract renewal, they just let Wendy do whatever. And it's like, no, ahead of this new season, y'all need to tell her, Wendy, we get it. Say you like it, mean it, blah, 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 whatever. No, you need to tone it down. Because what you said about that young man, it's bullshit because your child, little Kevin, is around that age. Right. And you would right. you, you would have fucked around and snorted yourself to death if God forbid something happened to that child and somebody said, anything about Lil' Kevin. And you're her and mother. It was just so dismissive. It's so nonchalant about that young man's death if something happened to Lil' Kevin. But yes, Wendy can't take it when people talk shit about her, but she will let people talk shit about her and Kevin, big Kevin, until the cows come home before they come for her baby. So why would you come for somebody else's baby and be so just, just nonchalant and just yeah. so dismissive? This young man was killed and he was popular. Just because you didn't know who he was, bitch, you about to be 57 years old next week. Why the fuck would you know who a TikToker is? Hell, I'll you mean my But I'm like, where is, the, where is her team? She's like, oh, Norman didn't know who he was. But yet Norman's the Olivia Pope of that show. He tracks down everything else. He but tracks no, he did, down. He did, you can tell that young man, her, him, and Suzanne. Sometimes they pan to them in the camera and Wendy says something, they just like, Wendy, and Wendy always tells us, Wendy says, oh, they're going too fast on the prompter. There it is on the prompter. Fox, right? Because it's Fox who syndicates her show, isn't it? Yeah. So they, she knew who that boy was. They gave her the information. Right. Of who Wendy, that young Wendy, man. Wendy, I bet you before, $10 it was allegedly on that prompter. No, it was on the prompter because that's all talk show hosts, Casey. 
Like, just because she might not do the show till 10, 11 o'clock, Wendy gets to that studio at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. Yes. And they prep her and do her makeup. Because the top show is a lot like an Emmy's red carpet. Yeah. You get the binder get out and you whisper in, in somebody's ear. You go, yeah, that's um, that TikTok star. We're doing yeah. the story on him. Now, Wendy, tread lightly because he just did pass away from being shot to death. So, right. I mean, well, that's not a talk show. There's not a talk show host that doesn't know what's coming up on their show. I mean, yes. my God, Ellen DeGeneres wouldn't have screwed up that bad if she was covering that man's death. Right. We saw really behind the have. scenes. We saw a whole season of Oprah, her last season. We saw what happens. We saw how things are prepped. We saw how this stuff happens. I know, and I, I know it's Oprah, but I wouldn't be even doing a talk show host, a talk show, if I hadn't had any idea of what was coming up next. It was no, that, that, that's how it is, Chaz. That's how it yeah. is, especially with Wendy going into what season 13, 14. Yeah, you are you are a brand, bitch. your name is on that motherfucking building. You know, just like Ellen knew about the mistreatment of her employees, bitch. Oh, you yes, know, you and, and, and as nosy and as nosy as Wendy is, Wendy has a whole team of motherfuckers that keep her apprised of everything because she fucking knows. She know even when Kevin was off doing his bullshit. Wendy was always deprived. They have hot always. topics meetings every single day. Right. Every single day. They debrief every topic in depth. In depth. And they go downstairs and they do it again when they pop up the pictures behind her for the test run. I mean, she made a choice. She made a choice. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from this whole thing is it was a choice. Yeah, and it, it just it hits so differently because this poor young man is dead. It's not like another hot topic. It's not you yeah. know throwing Amorosa's book across the stage. This was not the time for you to make ratings, and it certainly did not help. Yeah. So, um. Well, anyway, this has been quite the chat today. <laughs> Gosh, we've talked about a lot. Uh, we won't be on break for long uh, to our listeners, um, but when we come back, we are just going to hit the ground running per usual. Uh, but in the meantime, let's find out where you can stay up to date with our co-host. Tiggs, where can they find you on Twitter? The Bim Master Part 2, and I just have one more thing to say about Wendy. Go ahead, I saw a, lot, a lot of people, including my boyfriend. Ugh. <laughs> but he just, a lot of people are just saying, well, Wendy didn't say anything that other people don't say on Twitter all day and you act so outraged. Well, sweetheart, these are a whole bunch of broke-ass losers that tweet all day. She has millions upon millions of dollars in a platform. And employees She needs to have some people. decorum. She has an entire show. Right. Yeah. Like, people no, watch. She literally signs those people's checks. Right. Exactly. It's a difference between your cousin, um, Marquisha, talking her shit and she work at Five Guys. Hey, Chantel Newman. And Wendy Williams. All right, let's call a thing a thing. It was wrong. I don't care who, I don't give a damn who said it. It was wrong. It should have never been said. It should yeah, have never and, been and done. yeah, honestly, we would have held somebody else's feet to the fire if it would have been Tamron Hall saying this or Kelly Clark. And a few weeks ago, Wendy said death to all of them about Brady's parents. So, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Now, see, that's, I'm an ignorant bitch because I agree with all that. Fuck them. Free my girl. I know. She just said it <laughs> that, that way. But, Free Britney yeah. Spears and the rest will fall. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Chaz, where can they find you on Twitter, darling? 
trying not to cuss people out at Mr. Tube Talk. <laughs> and Chaz, have you enjoyed your first season with us? <laughs> I have. It, it, when I, to be honest with you, when I first logged in, you know, it's doing like I was doing videos, obviously. And people, you keep doing them. I'll, I'll try. But no, it's different doing it when you're talking to basically no one, right? But having the interaction and hearing that other people are just as passionate about you about the same stuff and have been just as watching just as long and has just as much knowledge as you do is actually really, really cool. So You've I, been I such a fun sure, addition. Right. I it, wasn't sure if I was going to fit in. I was like, they're going to think I'm boring. You know? It took and, you uh, 20 minutes of an episode to fit in with us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We, somebody said something about why not they ain't hit Chaz's ear right. That motherfucker went. Like, oh, okay. When oh, like, well, <laughs> Chaz was saying, I will never forget the first 20 minutes. Chaz was saying, now wait just a damn minute, Casey. And I was like, oh, yep, you can <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's it's been really, really, really cool. Really, really cool. I have a couple friends that listen now. So that I actually started watching soaps because I had, you know, I'm on the podcast with you guys and um, they all love you. They all love you. So it's, it's been really fun. That's awesome. And then yeah, my, Rodrigo, my people ask me every week, like my boyfriend, my friends always ask me, well, how was podcast? My soap? They don't watch me watch soaps like that, but they know how passionate I am. They know right. that this keeps me connected to my mother and my grandmother. Cause, and that's how I used to shut a lot of people up. People are like, you still watch soaps? I'm like, well, bitch, it's the, it's the one thing that can keep yep. me connected to my mother and my grandmother. There have been so many things from my Amen. childhood that are gone when it comes to restaurants, yep. shopping malls, movie theaters, certain celebrities. My mom's past boyfriends. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just little things like that that kind of, it's like another piece of my childhood gone. Another yeah. piece of my childhood <laughs> gone. But God damn it, it makes me feel good. No matter what, I still get to see Marlene Evans. Right. I still get Flipping that hair, tossing I that I still get name. to see Victor Newman. I still get mm -hmm. to see Nikki Newman. That makes me feel good, goddammit. Even when they're getting on my nerves. Right. Even right. when the and shows are nice bad, be, I'm still happy to see And it's it. just nice to be on this podcast and Casey giving me the opportunity because I'm a loudmouth bitch to be able to express <laughs> myself because it's, it's cathartic. Yeah. Cathartic, cathartic, cathartic. 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 Cardiac arrest. Before you go... But you know, you it's cathartic to... to be able to talk every week with you guys and express myself and get it because I be mean, wanting to talk about this stuff. And my friends, nobody watches so for me still, and they just like, okay, bitch. But you know, Tiggs, you know, and real quick, look at us. We getting sentimental. Like our show's been canceled with the talk, but uh, we're acting like this is the last week of God in life. But anyway, you know, <laughs> Tiggs, you know, I went through a test run of this, and it was like doing okay. But then when I came back, you know, I brought you on and. Tiggs, we've done 68 episodes together, me and you, out of the 72. And so, come on. <laughs> you know, that's just like really awesome to still have you on the panel with me. And then, you know, we brought on Rodrigo and Alan and Dee, and now we have Chaz. And, you know, the show is really thriving. You know, we've definitely hit our strides and, you know, found ourselves. Um, and it's always a joy to do this show with you guys. Absolutely. Can, can I just say one thing before you, I know you. I know we got to close out. I just want to say everybody who's followers on Twitter is just one thing. Just because something is soap opera doesn't mean that we have to accept bad writing or we have to accept things that don't make any sense. Preach, I'm just going to say that mm -hmm. people, if, if anytime that you are putting money in a show, anytime advertisers are spending money to advertise on your show, 
then you should put out the best quality that you possibly can. I don't care if it's daytime or prime time. So please stop tweeting me saying, oh, it's just soap opera. Nothing's supposed to make sense. Storylines don't have to make sense. That's bullshit. I don't believe it. And I'm going to block you every time you do it. <laughs> right. And, and you know what? And it's stupid motherfuckers like that is the reason why we've been getting bullshit for the last 15, 20 and years. why we only because have they just think we'll take it. anything. Yep. It just, I don't because, accept it. All because Auntie Mary Lou and, and, and Bumblefuck Nebraska, oh, well, I, I get it. She's had nine plastic surgeries. I can t- understand that. She had the nine plastic surgeries in one episode, you stupid bitch. No, that don't make no sense. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying that because I said, how did, I, I asked the question today, like, how are, are Billy and Lily like journalists now? When did they go to journalism? I don't school? want to even discuss uh, no, that. No, no, don't, no, don't start no new topic. Come on. That's now. our no, season it's not, five. No, it's, it's, not, it's not. I promise. <laughs> I promise. I promise. But Kathy I was Griffith, saying, Rodrigo. I was to say that. No, Wrap I was up, to say that. So I'm going to say Anyway, the most sentimental of it all, um, of us all, Alan, where can they find you on Twitter? I'm <laughs> an evil ass. Alice Rafa. <laughs> You're evil ass. I love that. Um, <laughs> Rodrigo, Alan has been you? actively oh, trying God, to bring geez. down AARP for years. Bring down AARP. <laughs> 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 okay. um, and then, Rodrigo, where can they find you on that bird app? Well, you're about to find me in bed in a second, but um, Ooh, I'm serious. Okay, Rodrigo, like he smoked a blunt. His eyes all low and shit. <laughs> oh my God. Geez. Y'all don't push me to the limit tonight. That's okay. You can find me on that damn bird app at Rodrigo's World 81. Wonderful. You can find me on Twitter at KCSH. You can find our show on Facebook and Twitter on Facebook. We're at the chat show podcast on Twitter. We're at the chat underscore podcast. We'll see everybody in a few weeks for our fifth season, which will also include our 100th episode of the chat. We're very excited for the future to come. You know, I'm about to do one of them CBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Promos with, you know, clips from three years ago, but we're excited. So anyway, Take a little time to enjoy the chat. It's always the right time to have the chat. And we'll see everybody next season. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, Wear a mask. Y'all. Get vaccinated. your business. <laughs> I love when we overlap at the end. Good night, everybody.